This is the Sports Divided Podcast. The Chicago Bulls have won their sixth NBA championship, and it's their second three-peat. Second two out, Palmero over the head of Jenks. Uribe charges, throws, out! And the White Sox have won the World Series. To the net, over. Patrick Kane has scored the goal. What a ride. The Cardinals are world champs in 2011. The Cubs win the World Series. They did it. It's over. The game is over. The series is over. The wait is over. And the St. Louis Blues are the Stanley Cup champions. Welcome back to Sports Divided. We're recording on Thursday, June 15th. Uh, tonight we're joined by Dave, Keith, Matt, and I'm your host, Rick. Um, we got quite a bit of stuff to talk about. Um, the uh, finals and the Stanley Cup final uh, <laughs> ended a lot quicker than yeah. I think I would like, first of all. Mainly NHL-wise. I don't really care about, you know, the, the other Yeah, one. not much uh, suspense or excitement, no. right? I was trying to think, when was the last time, like, like yes, Vegas and Dallas went to six, but that wasn't really a six-game series. And the only, like, when was the last time both leagues had conference finals and championship final series that were duds? Like the only real good series was Heat Celtics. Heat Celtics. Yeah. Florida swept Carolina. Vegas handled Dallas for the most part. It yeah. took six games, but like it wasn't even that. It, it wasn't that close. Didn't seem like it. Yeah, and then you had the Nuggets swept. Right, they swept uh, the, the Lakers. Lakers. <laughs> Why am I blanking on that? Yeah, I think they. I yeah, think it was either sweeper in five. Yeah, you're thinking it was five. Yeah, yeah well, because I'm trying. They swept two series in their way to win, so it had. But either way, like, I don't. I don't remember the last time it was like so glaringly, well, disgusting of a series to watch. Yeah, Denver swept the Lakers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I think too, like, I mean, Vegas isn't that big of a market and then Florida is, you know, so you, you got two small markets there. You get two small markets in Denver and Miami. So like, I mean, probably Miami's a little bit bigger, but not that big. So I don't, uh, it's kind of like a, like, eh. yeah, you just don't have that buzz. You, you don't have that historical buzz or anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. So it didn't it didn't resonate, you know, too much, and just kind of everything went off with a whimper. So, and then once the truck went down, or or at yeah. least was minimized. Well, yeah, we'll get to that. Yeah, yeah. The, what he went through. What was funny was Brown asked me when we were watching the game how big Vegas was, and I really had looked, you know, while I was up. It's like a million two with Vegas in the top suburb. Well, Hen- is, yeah, Henderson is Henderson, thought, way more people than I thought there were there. Henderson is the fastest growing metropolitan outside of the city area in the whole U.S. Yeah, it was six or seven hundred thousand. I mean, yeah, that's and that's the whole reason. It's like 
you know, the actual city of Vegas is just all tourism, and then Henderson and all that stuff are. Well, I was surprised it was as many people as it was. I, I would have guessed it was half that. So. But, uh, so, like we said, Denver beat Miami 4 nothing. Uh Nicole Jokic. No, 4-1. Or 4-1, sorry. Yeah. Miami, sorry. I was even looking at 4-1, yeah. You know, it was big uh, because Miami took that one game in Denver, and you're kind of like, okay, they've got some life. This is going to happen. And then it was just, nah. Yeah. And one day they were up in the game after that one, if I remember right. They were they were up most of the game five. They were that's up right, until like halfway, through, halfway through what the fourth quarter or the start of the fourth quarter. Yeah, yeah, it was. Yeah. I mean, they, they had that game pretty much in hand, not in hand, but they you know they were con- in control until you know Denver just the shot started falling. Both team, I mean, that fifth game or the yeah the fifth game. Both of them are shooting pretty bad, and that plays in Miami's favor. Yeah, especially uh, Jimmy Buckets. The f- worst game of his probably life as a player. Well, let's see, let's see if he's hurt and stuff like that. Cause yeah. It was, he wasn't the same guy in, yeah. in the finals. He, he, and he looked like he was trying. I, I watched more basketball in the last week and a half, <laughs> probably the last six or seven years combined. Yeah, same here. <laughs> you know? And so it was like it was like getting back into it. I mean, I thought even though the series wasn't that great, it turned out to be that great. I enjoyed the fact that it was it was actually real basketball. There were well, that's what I was gonna say. The Nuggets kind of play like a old, yeah, mid yeah. mid nineties to early eighties style of through the big like when you're, I guess when your best player is your center and he's your distributor of the ball, you play that way. You know, yeah, like just fun old, to watch. I mean, you know, the old, passing the ball, moving it, it down low. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah. Low it high. reminded me of an awful, just an awful lot, especially with the one-handed passes and stuff. It reminded me of Magic Johnson. It was yeah. that same vision for the passes and just you know control the ball and stuff like that. He, you know, that's that's a compliment. <laughs> that's there. Well, I mean, a lot of the basketball people have been were saying like it. it they haven't seen a guy in the middle do what he's doing since Russell or Chamberlain. Yeah. Yeah. It is, it's probably, can I think back to, well, maybe like Elijah, you know, stuff like that. It, I mean, it's, we're going back, we're turning the pages a lot there to when yeah. centers were, it, that was your big deal. I mean, you know, the Tombo and, I mean, yeah, when was the last time Patrick Ewing, the last Ewing. real guy that was yeah. kind of this, like, and he wasn't as good of a passer, playmaker type of guy, but, like, David the Robinson, typical, the I guess, yeah, Robinson, Duncan, too. Oh, but, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, and even those guys, I mean, you know, you, you know, you guys correct me if I'm wrong, but, uh, you know, I don't recall them being out uh, at the top of the key handling the ball. No, yeah, that's, that's why yeah. I, mentioned, I mentioned Magic when the year that he had to go step in when uh, Jabbar got hurt, and it, it, he stepped up and said, "Don't worry, guys, I'll play. I'll play center." And that's when he did like the hook shot and the yeah, and, and he was outstanding. You know, well, I guess maybe could maybe have like he didn't play so much down low, but Dirk. Yeah, Dirk. Dirk was is probably yeah. He didn't really have too much of a post up game. Is more of like he, did, he had the Dirk even... fade where he throw his foot out to get create the extra space, but that was about all he had. But like, it's yeah. almost like a mix of Dirk and Ewing. Yeah, it's and it's fair too because he's like a big guy that he's not that fast. He doesn't jump that high, and he's Eastern European. Really 
you know, it's, yeah, it's just like, you kind of look at him and you wouldn't expect him to be a really good athlete. And mm-hmm. I don't think he really, like, this is going to sound really bad. But I don't think he he's really not. is a good athlete. He's not. He's so a good big body basketball smart. player. Yeah. yeah. He's, and, well, he's, he's a well, big guy, but he's not, a, he's not an all around athlete. Yeah, he he's not like off the charts play. athletic. But he, he couldn't but go very, play very another sport. sport. He could oh, not go play, maybe volleyball. Yeah, maybe, you know. like that's like that's. I think he but I mean that's like the Ser- that's that's the Serbian Eastern, you know, German Dirks type of like that's, that's basketball your, player. That's your farm boy jeans uh, there. Well, that's all he wanted to do. Plow, baby. That's all he wanted to do when he was told the parade was today. He said, "No, no, no! I need to go home and get to my farm." <laughs> <laughs> Which did anybody see the uh, highlights of the parade today? No, um, about all 300 uh, Denver Nuggets fans turned out for it. Exactly. So this oh, is the only thing I saw was nobody had a shirt on. <laughs> okay. I wasn't but, sure if it was 100 degrees. So, so has anybody else just given up pure hope that there is such a thing as sports karma or sports gods? Oh, I know where you're going with this. <laughs> that, that damn rughead mustache son of a yeah won another one. Like, first of all. This is what I don't understand. Hockey and football, or not hockey, hockey and basketball, he was forced to, quote, sell his team to his wife and his son because he can't be an NFL owner and own teams. And what are they still? Oh, owner Stan Crocky. What? No. That's that. Oh, so what you're really saying, NFL, is you just bent the rules again for the guy about 19,000 times for the guy. Yeah. Ugh. I did hear some comments, and I couldn't. I only caught the end of them usually because I, went, like, when they're getting ready to tune them up and stuff, I tune out to, before the commercials come out. You know, my brain, they, I heard the St. Louis thing mentioned, and there was there was some comments, and I thought there was a snide one that was in there in a one. I did, yeah, it, yeah, yeah, and you know who it was from? Your, was, Chicago, your Chicago boy, uh, Wilbon. Oh, they didn't they didn't really sell the team up down there in St. Louis anyway. That's Bullshit. the one. Bullshit, Wilbon. Bullshit, and you know it. Yeah, I don't. I don't. I felt like Michael Wilbon. But that—that's who it was. That's who it was, and, that, and I'm sure Stephen A. Smith was right along with him because well, I mean, the, the two of them the same car driving over the same cliff. Like, That'd be all right. But yeah, no. The comment was something along, "Oh, well, they didn't exactly support the team great down there." Like, that's a, it, it was. And I only, that's and I, a lie. I didn't repeat it, but they didn't go on. That's a lie because, like, look up the ticket sales now. Like, the only time there was quote blackouts. Where when they were two and eighteen or whatever they finished not eighteen the two and two and sixteen or whatever they finished the one year two and fifteen whatever fifteen yeah and it's like okay and it was the last game of the season congrats yeah like the last time they played in St Louis they played on a Thursday night against the Buccaneers who had just drafted Jameis Winston so they were god awful and they were doing color rushes so you had the Rams and this piss yellow. Yellow. And the Bucks in ketchup red orange look. It looked like ketchup and mustard running mm-hmm. around on a field. And there were 67,000 people there begging them to stay. But no, we didn't support them. Yeah. yeah it was something like, oh, yeah, they were talking about the cities that might get a uh, franchise. I was like, ah, one of them won't be St. Louis. And then it, it, yeah, it was yeah like, because Stan's in it. And my ears perked up. I wanted to hear what they had to say. Yeah, because Stan's in the Stan's connected what like it's it's kind of a joke like whatever which i don't want to i don't want an nba team honestly don't really care about it because 
but you know, like St. Louis embraces teams. I, yeah, look at look at City. It's it's a no joke. Like if there's a team there, they're rallied around. Look at City. Place. There's there's a forty thousand seat season ticket wait list. The seat the stadium only holds twenty five thousand. There's forty thousand seat wait list. Yeah, that's yeah, well, and then look at—I mean, look at the Battle Hawks. Like the the seventy-five percent of the attendance in the XFL this year was from St. Louis. That's it. There's ten teams in the league or eight teams in the league. Seventy-five percent of the ticket numbers were from St. Louis. Like, don't give me this. We don't support bullcrap. Like, we have absolute hot garbage on our baseball field right now, and we still have thirty-nine thousand going through the ticket styles every single day. Yeah, like. Just don't give me that BS. Of, but I don't want an NBA team just because it'll be the, oh, it's St. Louis. It's not a traditional market, blah, blah, blah. They'll be the first to move. They'll be easy to pull. Like, yeah, you know, what? Yeah, what I we'll, I, to this day, I don't understand how you're not a traditional NBA market. When I mean, even as a kid, I remember, and I didn't know. You know I don't know. The last time the Hawks won a championship there in St. Louis, so. But the Billikens. It, it, oh, yeah. It's slow. We're a big deal. Mizzou basketball in the Big Eight with, with Norm Stewart, like and, and the I Big Red Cardinals. Being up here. Yeah, the Big Red Cardinals, like. But, yeah, basketball. Yeah, the, the St. Louis Eagles or St. Louis Hawks before they moved to Atlanta. Yeah. I mean, and you know, actually, go back and look. You know who drafted Bill Russell? St. Louis Hawks. St. <laughs> Louis Hawks. And they tra- traded him to Boston for, uh, um, was it McCall? Hey, <laughs> was it? I think it's, is that the guy, Keith? Who's the guy who played at SLU and is a Hall of Famer? McCauley? Oh, um, well, no, there's at, at, at McCauley. That's, yeah. who, that's who they traded Bill Russell's rights for. Easy Ed. Yeah. Because he was a yeah. slew guy. Because he was a slew guy. And they, Bill Russell didn't, they didn't really want to not take the risk. They didn't know if Bill Russell would stay long term or want to be in St. Louis long term. And they knew Ed McCauley wanted to come back to St. Louis. Or then look at like, again, a sec, quote, second grade league in the ABA. The St. Louis Spirits were like the highest grossing ticket sales for that league, too. Yeah, and one of the more interesting teams. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and, and yet well, and still, the two smartest owners, too. They're still getting money and payments. And we'll as many pro teams as possible into Los Angeles when nobody goes to watch anything. Or New York. Yeah. You know, I mean, well, I think, I think the Mets actually dropped pretty well. I mean, Mets fans are a lot like Cubs fans. I was talking about the <laughs> Nets, though. <laughs> like the Nets. Like, <laughs> the Nets, like they just. Miami is the same way, too, though. Yeah. yeah. It's it's more like, you know, publicity to be there than it really is. Well, and here's the thing is the Rams should have never, the Rams should have never been in St. Louis. The NFL, St. Louis messed up a little bit, but the NFL screwed it up when they gave Jacksonville the Jaguars instead of the St. Louis getting that expansion team. Hmm. Then you would have never had the thing with the Rams. Because then the Rams had, because of that, because the NFL pulled the shoot last second about wanting other stuff, like, they had plans to build the dome. They were already building the starting the dome. And then the whole reason the NFL said, Oh, you're not getting it now is because, well, no, we want an open air stadium in St. Louis. Well, this one has a dome on it. Never mind. Jacksonville, congrats. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. 
you know, so then it was like, oh crap, now we're building this already. It's half built. What are we going to do? Oh, let's do whatever we can to lure somebody. Oh, we lured the Rams. Great. Oh, they want this top tier venue clause or they can leave. Well, we have to give it to them. Otherwise this venue is going to sit vacant for however long. Why did the Rams leave Los Angeles in the first place? Because they weren't just like, no, look no, at the stadium. No There's no support. Yeah. The only reason they have a stadium is because Stan built it all out of his pocket. Yeah. Look at the Cali- like look at when they were playing in the Coliseum after the first year. It was oh, there was nobody there. You know, yeah, like no. it's like Miami. Like, if you don't put a team on that's gonna win, look at Dodger Stadium this weekend against like the Dodgers are second in the division, but it's still half empty playing the White Sox because there's nineteen thousand other things to do in Southern California. Yeah, I remember that. I think I remember the first year the Rams played the Coliseum when they returned, they were playing the Packers, and the the stadium was two thirds of of the fans there. Two thirds of them were Packers fans. Yeah, it was like, I mean, that's what it was most of the time, too. It was like the visiting team and the Cowboys, you know, same. Think about what was it, the NFC championship game against the 49ers when when Garoppolo or when they dropped the pick, but. 80% 80% of that stadium was still 49ers fans for mm. a home playoff game for the Rams. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. no, NFL, just say this raises the value of the of the St. Louis or the Rams franchise by a billion dollars, and we're going to get a sweet facility that we can host Super Bowl after Super Bowl after Super Bowl all off of Stan Kroenke's dime, and that's why we're doing it. And then guess what? You wouldn't have had to pay $790 million because you lied anyways to, to St. Louis. Plain and simple, like, and I guarantee people in St. Louis would have been more accepting of you just saying, "Look, it's L.A. We have this clause. We're exercising the clause, and don't rip us on the way out. Just yeah, say just that. Say, be look, done. Yeah, and and just you know, be honest about it and say, yeah, okay. Um, and we think and be like, okay, well, it was our fault for screwing up. You know, whatever. Go back to '88 when we let big business money talk too much and like so you guys have been in st louis where the concert venue is where the the rink is for lindenwood right now originally back in 1987 or 86 they were supposed to be building a new state-of-the-art multi-purpose facility there was going to be a new football stadium there there was going to be a conversion basketball hockey rink there because the san antonio spurs were supposed to be coming to st louis and the arizona cardinals were going to move or the st louis cardinals at the time we're going to move there. Well, Budweiser and a couple of the big people got into the ear of the St. Louis sports commission guy and said, if you move them out of the city, you will no longer be voted in or whatever, blah, blah, blah. So he declined it. Well, a month and a half later, two months later or whatever, Bidwell announced he was moving to Arizona. They were there in 1988. Yeah. So, I mean, if you really like, yeah, St. Louis, takes the they screwed up that one but the rams one it wasn't like a lack of support they screwed it up it was you know caving into dollar pressure and political gain yeah. of a life yeah. you know but whatever uh, you know how the politics works so keep your eye on what's going on here Bears yeah we're going to talk about that yeah. we're going to talk about that because <laughs> i we didn't talk i didn't put it in the notes but we i that is something i have brought up so yeah. let's get yeah. Wind it back. So NBA championship nuggets take it 4-1 over the heat. Like I said, Jokic finals MVP. Uh, and then Vegas 4-1 over Florida. 
Jonathan Marceau, uh, the Con Smythe winner. Um, the question I one question I have for you guys is when is the NHL like? When are they going to figure out other teams that they need to do something about the salary cap uh, manipulations that can go on for playoff teams? The Lightning a couple years ago being eighteen million dollars over when they won because of a couple injuries, and then Vegas this year being $11 million over because of being able to put guys like Mark Stone on long-term IR for $9.5 million um, until the playoffs, and then he doesn't – there's no cap in the playoffs, so you can have whatever. Like, when when, when are they going to figure this out? That like, then, um, then, then they come back? Yeah. Well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So this, this year, Vegas put Mark Stone on IR, long-term IR, meaning they then freed up nine and a half million dollars to spend other places throughout the rest of the season to go make a couple of trades to get guys like mm-hmm. Ivan Barbashev and yeah, you know, well, hey, Jonathan, rules, Jonathan right? quick and eight. Really I know, but like, yeah, but like, well, there needs to be some, kind of, I mean, the salary cap, you know, obviously COVID really screwed that up for a couple <laughs> of years. Also put the brakes on all of it, but there mm-hmm. needs to be a system Whereby, if it's if it's your talent that you're resigning, there needs to be some percentage of whatever that you can you know you can go over whatever the dollar amounts are going to be. I mean, what they've done is they've created a system that forces you to get rid of your players and, and stuff, and that's that sucks. You know, for the, so I guess or that, or put them on uh, on the uh, IL or the IR. You know, yeah, all you wouldn't season. have the manipulation if if you could. If you no, could it's, it's not even that. It's it's stop using the excuse of oh we're not making enough money, owners. No, just raise the damn cap the way it's supposed to go up. Like, it, you you can't keep using COVID four years later no. to not have it go up. Like. No, it's not going to work that way. You played your games. You got your TV rights. You got the new TV deal. Like, <clears throat> no, it can't be like, but I get what you're saying. Like what? Like, or just look have, have look at the Hawks had to do with some players that they shouldn't have had to get rid of. And, you know, well, they were getting rid of them for a million bucks. But that yeah. was, that was, that was not COVID. That was because they just handed out some bad and technically the Hawks were the first to manipulate the cap to win a cup. It was uh, was it thirteen when Kane was out with the sh- with the ribs and shoulder? Oh, with the with the dislocation. And they, and they brought Lad in and stuff. So when they when Kane came back for the playoffs, they weren't over as much as like these teams. They were over like half of Kane's contract when it happened. But like, so then other teams are like, oh well, let's let's look at pushing the envelope more. But no, maybe or maybe maybe it's not even homegrown guys. Maybe do what like the MLS has. They have quote designated players, and you can designate three guys or two guys that maybe they're you can pay them a little bit more, but their cap hit for your cap salary stuff is only seventy five percent or eighty percent. I mean, you look if, at Edmonton right now. We was in a similar position where you know the Hawks were before they won. They've got two really good players, but you can't add to them because of the fact that the minute you get a guy that breaks out, so you get a guy that's a a bottom six forward. And all of a sudden, you know, the light goes on. And the guy's a 20-goal scorer. He's not a star, but he's a damn good player. Well, the minute he has to get paid more than a million bucks, you got to let him go. So now you're forced to trade him. But, yeah, but but kind of the same thing with that, though. Some of that, though, is also, like, you gave two guys 
25, like Toronto's in that. You got four guys in Toronto making $43 million. You got two guys in Edmonton making $23 million. Like, well, we like, had two, two guys in Chicago. I know, no, I know, and well, that's what I'm saying. So some of that is also the GMs getting taken to school by, by the like the, well, rep, here, the here's reps. Your, here's your option on that. So when when their contracts came up for Kane and Taze, if they only signed one of them, do they do they win a Stanley Cup? The answer no. No, no, I get that, but what and I'm saying, why, I mean, but it's not, but it's not just my point though. Is it's not just Kane and Taves. It's then. You know, you give Crawford six million dollars. Is he worth six million dollars? No, but you wanted to keep him. You, like, like the the point is, is like they like Edmonton gave Jack Campbell five million dollars to be a backup, or five and a half million dollars to be a backup. It's like you just got to be if you're going to give these guys big contracts like t- like Toronto's got, then you can't be dumb and miss on other ones. Like you know what I mean? Like, the, or you can't I, over, I don't, I don't you can't overpay on other ones. I don't disagree with that. But That's we were, what after we won in 2010, I'll I'll say we we lost part of the guts of the team, you know. And so and then, and, and then after 13, it was even worse, you know. So you 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 your faceoff specialists, your your uh, special teams, your PK specialists and stuff, you can't afford to pay. Well, yeah, but again, that goes to, they they gave Sots they gave Sots six million dollars or whatever after two seasons. Why? Like make give them give them a smaller deal, shorter term, bridge them, see make them prove prove it again. Maybe you like. I wouldn't blame I wouldn't blame it on them giving big monies to the big guys. It's the it's the medium guys that get half a mil, a million dollars more. Like the Blues are kind of in that situation too right now. Like, you know, like did did Tory Krug really need six and a half million dollars? Did you know Marco Scandella need three point two five? Could you got him for two? Could you have got Krug for you know like you it's just, those it's those it's those small overpayments of guys that like yeah they add up yeah mm-hmm. and that's yeah. that's why like the like but then you like, got teams that have smaller payrolls and those are the guys they they zero in on yeah they'll over they'll overpay for them <clears throat> they away from it yeah or they'll take they'll take yeah we'll take that because we got enough room and give us another asset because we're and that's just part that's what it is that's part of doing it. That's when your, you know, scouting department comes into play because of whatever. That's also when, like, again, to the point, like, the owners just need to buck up and say, yeah, we can, we need, we need to raise, like, it's been 80, it's been 81.5 since the, since the Blues won the cup. Why? It's, it's, it's not just not working. You know, and it's because they don't, they use COVID, blah, blah, blah. So, like, but it's, it's BS. They're making enough money. They just, or have a, a thing that they can use and whatever. But uh, let's go through some of these injuries that came out about Florida. Did you guys see some of these? No. And when they all happened and how long these guys played. So Matthew Kachuk broken sternum uh, in game three when he was hit by Kolasar. Yeah, I saw he then, yeah. he then uh, scored the game tying goal in game three with <laughs> a broken sternum. Broke. Could you imagine the pain? He, he, then, he then played game four. Entirely game four had three chances where he just couldn't get the puck up that he probably could have scored normally with a broken sternum. Uh, Pete Paul Maurice came out and said they talked to him and he's like, Yeah, you know, Brady Kachuk, his brother, had to help him get out of bed from his pregame nap. He had to have guys help get him dressed. Brady Kachuk was actually in our locker room tying his skates before the game. Uh, 
So then he missed game five. Um, Aaron Eckblad, uh, he had three injuries, but uh, broke his foot in game three against Vegas. He separated his shoulder in game three against Boston, round one, had it pop back in, played game four. He didn't, by the way, Eckblad didn't miss a game. Uh, then he re-dislocated his shoulder in game two against Carolina. Uh, and he tore his oblique in game six against Boston. The, yeah. There's just no doubt in my mind that hockey players are badass. Like They are. They are. They're a different breed. They don't go and get, get six stitches and you go back out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, spin a tooth out, get some stitches, come back out, and let's go. You know, it's like, ah. Uh. And so then what, uh, what? What about Buddhist? Because he got uh, nailed, and they uh, didn't. They didn't say he had like any. I think it was maybe just a concussion or concussion protocol yeah. stuff for him. They didn't say. So there's two other guys <laughs> that they listed severe injuries for. Uh, e two Lang uh, Lustrian, he's a forward. He broke his tibia in game early on in game four against Carolina. Uh, and played, on that? how do you play he, on that? He played 17 minutes, and it happened in the first period. You didn't play 17 minutes in the first period. <laughs> and then uh, probably, the, probably the one that, for me, like besides Kachuk, the other one that I'm like, holy cow, how did he do that? Brandon Montour, a defenseman for them. He missed one game, by the way. It was missed the Stanley Cup game because his wife had a baby. So he missed game two of the Stanley Cup. Oh, what a um, loss. Yeah. yeah, but in game six uh-huh. against Boston, he tore his labrum. He then scored two goals, including the game-tying goal on a one-time slap shot with, a, like I think it was like 51 seconds left in game seven. Tore it in game six against Boston. and then that, So that's round one. Played the rest of the series, scored two goals in game seven to force overtime, then Kachuk won it in overtime, and then played the rest of the playoffs with a torn labrum. Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Pretty, you know, the, the injuries these guys play with, um, you, you know, and it, it's, you know, and you can't hide out there. Uh, no. You know, people, I mean, you can't. People will find you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they'll find you and and you just, you know, I mean, well, you they have know, to move. They you have to have hit. an idea of where something is too. And you know, you're going to get a stick or two in those. Yeah. Those areas. Which makes you wonder about like some other sports uh, and, and certainly every sport has its, situation but like uh you know hockey players playing with injuries like that um yeah but i guess every sport's different i mean like if you're playing baseball with some of those injuries you're you're just physically not going to be able to do what you need to do like with a yeah you know or uh, like lebron get in wheelchaired off because he like yes hurt his his shoulder no that was like anthony davis got bumped and then he had to get in a wheelchair then wheelchair them off because he had a poop so bad he couldn't walk did anybody hear that story? It was on a yeah. podcast. Oh yeah. So it was whatever it was against the Lakers. He he got knocked out. He got hit in the stomach, and that's all that really happened was he got hit in the stomach so bad that he felt like if he walked, he was going to crap himself. So they put him in a wheelchair and wheeled him back so he could go to the bathroom. <clears> and that's why he had this miraculous comeback in that game because he got wheeled <laughs> off because he was going to poop himself. Code round. <laughs> yeah. Um, but no, yeah, to like your point, Keith, too, like, I, and people say hockey players aren't the toughest guys in, in, in sports. Yeah, oh, I, I just don't think there's well, any doubt. People forget when you watch the game, people who, who never played in their life at all, at any level, forget that these guys were on skates. 
they're watching the game and they're watching the stuff, but they they don't really think about the fact that first off, you've got to be this tremendous skater and on top of all the other stuff you've got to do. So you're a soccer player on skates. Yeah. Well, and then you're stuff. using hand-eye coordination of a baseball player and you're using realistically physicality of a football player. Brennan Shanahan run. had a quote yeah. about it. I wish I, I wish I would have pulled it up. The quote of that Shanahan. Well, when you think about it, just go by all those sports you guys just mentioned. I mean, playing soccer, you know, essentially you can't be hit, <laughs> and whenever anybody is touched, I mean, they go down like they've been shot, uh, you know, and then they're down for three minutes. Yeah, so, like, like an elephant gun took them out. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, so in hockey, you're hit, of course, and you're you're hitting, being hit constantly so soccer you can't be hit um uh, baseball same deal i mean uh, you know you can't be hit um and uh, now if you had a broken sternum a cracked sternum i think it'd be very difficult to swing a baseball bat <laughs> but yeah or if you were a starting pitcher i'd you'd probably be very or labrum like it's it's a one of the sports well it's probably the only sport that i can think of that you have to actually make yourself start to move and then you have to make yourself start to stop. Like all the other sports you're running, right? You just like, you take a step forward and then you can just stop. But like hockey, your momentum is just taking you in places and you have to actually physically stop and turn where, you know, it's just a whole different ball game than running on with cleats or shoes or whatever. Well, and then you have just like other rules too, like offsides. You got to make sure you're paying attention to that type of stuff. You got to make sure, you know, like, you also got a vulcanized piece of rubber flying around at a hundred miles an hour. Yeah. <laughs> like sometimes it gets head high. You got to get down. <laughs> yeah. Or you hear the whole thing about, oh, they got pads on. Here, let me let me hit you with a few of these down yeah. the field, all right? Trust me, I was a goalie. Sometimes those pads they, they get missed a lot. I was like the, I the defenseman over, and they just like dive land on the ice just to block a shot or a pass. I'm like, dude, that's gotta hurt because you, you might have pads one thing, on the thing. It's to get that. And the ink, you know, there's no yeah, better those, feeling than yeah, winning with the boys. Practice. Yeah, no set, set the goalie, the goalie pads aside for a moment, but the player pads aren't exactly. No, oh, no, they're not. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, no. folks. Well, listen, when I, they're better than when I played, but they're not. But they're not <laughs> when I played, they're basically like cardboard. I mean, it's, yeah. yeah, it's like really, it's yeah, but soak up the blood. I mean, what is that? But goalies, goalies are a whole different breed. I mean, <laughs> you know, and the other thing you know, to me with the series was it proves that one goalie, unless he's completely out of his mind, can't win. A, really, can't win a series for you. I mean, well, but, is, is about as good as they come. And he was just the thing is, off. is Florida didn't let Bob like the first three games. Florida did not let Bob see the the. Well, no, they were they were shielded. They were, they were they were constantly trying to block and they were trying to get blocks. Like you get it, but like sometimes it's like just get out of the way and let him see the puck. He's seeing it well. Just take pick up a stick and pick up a body and let Bob handle the first shot. Because I don't know, I don't know if many of those first shots would have beat him if if their own guy, if his own guys didn't take his eyes away. Well, cause they, I can't remember who it was on the on the crew. It, the one game where they scored their third goal, he said, "Well, he's given up three goals. He hasn't seen one of them yet." <laughs> Henrik, it was it was King Hank himself, Henrik Lundqvist. Yeah. Well, because he's a goalie, he's like, well, yeah. They're gonna they're always gonna they're gonna sit there and be like, "Oh, Bob got lit up for three People that don't know, and you're sitting there as a goalie, like, 
There's no way he saw that. There's no Can't way he saw him. that. Can't There's, saw no way. <laughs> There's no way he saw that one. He might have saw like a this the release start. Then he didn't see anything because the guy flashed in front of him or whatever. You know, like. The next, the next thing you know, the only thing you see is the, the light behind you going at. Or you just hear yeah. the ting, the ting yeah. or the roar or whatever, and you're like, oh, nope. Well, guess that went in. I don't, I don't really know. Yeah, Henry, uh, Henry, uh, Henry, whatever his name is, from uh, the pretty boy of hockey. Well, I'll tell you. King Hank. He's, uh, he, was, he was a good fit in New York for that reason. Plays, yeah, yeah. plays in a band, Swedish. He's got everything going for him. Hall of Fame goalies. Just never won a Stanley Cup. That's about all he doesn't have. He's got a gold medal. You know. But uh, any other takes when it comes to either either championship series before we move on to uh, some clickbait pieces from the yeah, NFL? It would be interesting to watch during the, during the draft if there's any more movement than usual because – you know, what is a what does a team like Boston do, you know, right now? What does a team like Pittsburgh do even even bigger deal? Well, this- every every team that's got a new GM is Philly, Pittsburgh, Toronto. Uh those are the teams that you probably circle the most and be like, okay, how what's gonna go on here? Which way you, you gotta know? go? Yeah. Especially Toronto. Are you gonna ship any of those guys out so you can kind of fill in other areas, you know? Pittsburgh, are you going to look to add something now that you have Kyle Dubas? Maybe there's some deal that happens to get, you know, one of those guys from Toronto we had. Like, but yeah, I don't know. The draft is uh, Pittsburgh's going to be a bit more trouble when your when your stars are old. Yeah, well, and you don't really have any. Uh, don't really have any. Uh, resources or a, a, a good minor league system because you've piped it all out there to make sure you're in the playoff 16 years in a row. And I mean, yeah, you won, you won three cups. So yeah, they don't really uh, have any probably big worth name, uh, big name, young players. Nope. Uh, I, I mean, Gensel, but he's still late twenties. So yeah, it's not, you know, like, but is he, not, what is he without Crosby? You know, yeah. goaltending is just in, eh, you know, but uh, we will move on. Hey, fans. I know you like what you hear. So do us a favor. Hit that plus button and subscribe to our podcast. We're available anywhere podcasts are found. You can also support us by following us on Twitter and Instagram with the handles Sports Divided. So before we get to the two clickbait articles, the two clickbait articles I sent you guys, the other clickbait article, um, I kind of we kind of brought this up a little bit, but I kind of want to talk about it a little bit with more with Matt. Mr. Naperville uh, engineer or uh, <laughs> civil engineer over here. What he's building Naperville way? Next to the hey, city. hey, hey! Now everybody's gonna be coming looking for me. <laughs> how, how, uh, how fake is this? The Bears are looking at Naperville. How fake is it? Yeah. Um, I mean, I don't, I don't know. I don't know that it's fake. I think so. We actually had a. Yeah, town hall meeting with our city manager and he brought up the topic of the bears and I talked with our city engineer about it too and um basically they they had the meeting to say the city's open for business so if if they have a need and we have something that will fulfill that need we'll do business 
Um, so that I don't think it's fake. I, I truthfully think, I, and I looked at the site that it could possibly be at, and it, I think it was like, how, how big is the uh, Arlington Heights is 320 acres. Yeah, I think the one in, in Naperville up by 88 was like 180 or 175. It, it was bigger than the Arlington site. Yeah. Yeah. So oh, it's bigger than the Arlington so, site? Bigger than no, the no, Arlington no. site, I thought. No, 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 no. It's like 170 acres or 80. It's bigger acres. than the racetrack, but not the whole. Yeah, because the Arlington site, I think, is 320 acres. Yeah. 324, I think, was what exactly what it was, maybe. So, <clears throat> so when fake, they count the parking lot. I would say no to fake, because if if the Bears were willing to move here, I think Chicago would, or Naperville would move a mountain to make it happen. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think it's more leverage piece. Um, by, by who? Okay, so that's my point about being fake. Who's the leverage piece for? Well, you know, I think it's for Arlington Heights because Arlington. I, I just don't see, you know, and I know there was the, the news over the last week or two, the new mayor, uh, you know, trying to revive, uh, you know, city of Chicago involvement. But, but if, if it has anything to do with the existing soldier field, that's a non-starter because, you know, you're going to put lipstick on a pig twice. Uh, you know, what are you going to do there? You know, so now if now if they're talking about a potential new site somewhere, that's a different, uh, no pun intended, ball game. And I haven't heard any of that. So that's why I'm thinking, uh, you know, they're just trying to play off Arlington Heights, um, you know. You, you know what I thought? I heard this was kind of interesting, too. And I, I never really thought about it because I always thought it was really cool that soldier fields on the lake and you can see the lake and you're you know you're on that museum campus and it's neat but it does just suck getting in there and getting out of there because there's really only one way in and out because you don't you can't come from all different angles you can only come really from the west so mm -hmm. it's you're kind of landlocked in that situation or you know whatever so it, i never really thought about that i always thought it was a neat amenity to have it on the lake but if it wasn't i think getting in and out would be a whole lot better but. well and, that, and that's one issue the getting in and out the the other issue is what i just mentioned is what are you going to do to soldier field uh, you know you can't make it any bigger uh you you can't you can't turn it into something like what they have uh, in uh, los angeles you can't turn it into what they have uh, in dallas um you know you just you don't have the space uh you can't do it even, i think even, i mean even if you completely tore down uh, tore it down started from scratch you still don't have the uh the land well first off you're not going to secure it because you take a look at things like the friends of the park that, that yeah or george lucas was giving you a, a billion dollar museum for free and upgrading everything around it oh no 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 wait we need our trees baby you know Mm -hmm. stuff like that and he took it out for him. i mean it's mm -hmm. you're, you're not so you're not getting security there then you, and you got the train tracks over there and, and there's other physical things that don't allow you to to do much so arlington is 308 308 acres yeah. okay so the, uh, yeah i think it's 324 when they count the parking lot in with the parking lot area is the fact that you got 88. You, you know, you've yeah. got a major expressway. You don't have that. I mean, you go to you, you went to Arlington Park and stuff like that. It's, traffic's a nightmare. I mean, there's 
Uh, and that was for horse racing, which was, you know, on the best day ever was 20 grand. Yeah, and the thing about the yeah the traffic, uh, you mean with 88, 355 and all that, you're able, you know, it's not just traffic coming from one direction. You got a thing, you know, feeding in from all parts of the uh, suburbs. Uh, and so, you know, it, it's more manageable traffic wise. Uh, and you have the, uh, you know, the, 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 if you will, the feeder or arteries and, you know, all that. I mean, of course, they're going to have to do some work. Uh, but oh, yeah. um, it's, uh, it, it's, it's a prime location for what they want to do. Uh, and, um, you know, and Arlington Heights is obviously a, a good place too. I, um, I don't know. I, the, the Waukegan came into the mix uh, today. That ain't going to happen uh, well, for a lot well, of reasons. Here's the problem with Arlington is it's, it's Cook County. Right. Uh, so you, you're still dealing with your Cook County Democrats, no different than you're dealing with them downtown Chicago. And that's that's why the thing got appraised for six times what it was worth the day before. Mm. It been worth more three times more than Churchill Downs. Yeah, I mean, I really are you kidding me? You know? Yeah, yeah, and that's where uh, Naperville does become, um, you know, a realistic possibility. And short of anybody else, uh, uh, like I said, you know, Waukegan, that that's not that came out. That's not going to happen. So right now, barring some late, nobody's going to go up there. <laughs> yeah, nobody's going to go that far. And, and <laughs> I saw a week or two ago, Rockford was saying, "Hey, come on out here." Uh, sorry. So uh, I mean, right now it's pretty much Arlington Heights and uh, Naperville, um, and and those seem to be the two legit ones. I guess the only thing you could throw in there is somehow, some way, the city of Chicago doing something crazy and offering some. Uh, uh, crazy financial uh, incentive for the team to stay there, and uh, but again, you, you know, I mean, <laughs> sta stadium-wise, what do you, you know, I mean, they can throw the bank at the Bears, but you still, realistically, what are you going to get as a stadium? Yeah. Or I'm sorry, because uh, it's, it's not we're not talking about a stadium anymore. We're talking about an entertainment complex. Right. Yeah. That's that's where it all kind of funnels in. Is there's nowhere in Chicago, uh, I don't know, 100%, but yeah, for them to build a stadium and all the amenities that they want, the hotels and... The they have to change all, all the infrastructure be so old and... Yeah. And take it I mean, look at what, how long it took for Ricketts to get Wrigley done. And you figure he, if you look at, you know, the stuff he did around the ballpark and things like that, that's minor compared to what the Bears want to do. Mm -hmm. oh, exactly. yeah, in the Tokyo Friday, I forgot what they paid for that McDonald's that was a piece of land that was across from Wrigley Field. It was an <laughs> outrageous amount of money. Yeah, you're talking about such a, I mean, really compared to what you want to do with a, a you know, whether it's 180 acres, 300 acres compared to what uh, Ricketts did down much. there. I mean, talking about a couple square blocks down there. <laughs> That's That's all, it. You, still have, you still got a parking lane tax. Yeah. Yeah. Take your Biggest opposition for this, I don't think, has anything to do with the actual city of Chicago. Uh, oh, it's the guy in Springfield. Yep, and that's why I don't think eventually. <laughs> I think eventually, it, himself. Yep. every location somehow is going to get shot down. That's why the Bears are looking in Naperville because they already got some sort of thing that, for some reason, Arlington Heights might get shot down. Blah blah blah. Maybe if we move it closer to downtown or what, you know, maybe the population. Maybe they'll approve it. 
they're going to end up in Soldier Field forever because that's the way the government's going to want it. Unless they're going to pay everything out of pocket, which they can't afford to, the Bears, yeah. they're going to be in Soldier Field with whatever they hand them. Well, because there was no good. You figure the half a billion dollars that Rick had spent on Wrigley, not a dime was came from taxpayers in the city. Well, just- I mean, I've. I just say that because they don't want them to move out of the city, not because of what, you know. Oh, they won't. No, because they could have afforded it to, to Wrigley, too. So they weren't going to spend a dime up there when they knew he, the owner could afford it. So they were going to make him pay. And then they, you know, taxes out the wazoo and all kinds of, you know, studies had to be done and stuff and stuff like that. And he paid for all that crap. Yeah. You know, and and so what you end up with with the Bears is <clears throat> a deal from the city and the state where uh, the McCaskies line their pockets, uh, the Bears become uh, rich beyond belief, forget the whole concept of investing in a, uh, an entertainment complex, you know, a uh, couple hundred acres, because they're taken care of so well financially. It's like, you know what, screw the whole deal uh, and yep. screw the fans, because uh, we're not only getting a sweet deal from the city and the state, but we still got our TV money coming from uh uh, the league, which is a uh, you know boatload of money, so we're in fine shape, and you know we may end up with some sort of a stadium that instead of sixty thousand people, maybe it'll seventy uh, with a retractable roof. And so it'll, okay, it'll be like, it'll be like Reinstorf, the last time he got his stadium built. He's going to move the team to Tampa. At least mm. that was his story. Yeah. Well, I mean, we're, we're no, going that, to Tampa then. Here's the thing is guess what the city of Chicago and the bears, when they do this, like you said, Keith, the mechanic, the, they're going to be like, why does it matter? People are still going to come pack the place. They're still going to, there's only eight games a year. They're going to still come watch it. We don't have to worry about any sort of operations, maintenance fees, none of that stuff. It's still the parks. It's still whatever. You know, okay. Do you give us more money? We'll shut up. We'll stick around. You do whatever you want. Yeah. We'll keep putting our product on the field, whether you guys, whether the league slash players like it or not, don't really care. Doesn't really matter. Fans yeah, are going to come know. 65, yeah. 70, whatever the seats are, they're going to all be yeah. sold. Doesn't matter. Yeah. There you go. Have fun. We'll collect the parking, the bus fares. Mm-hmm. You get bus fare. You get train fare. There you go. Win win for everybody. Yeah. And, 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 and as, a sop, as a sop to the uh, taxpayers, you know, whereas if we were building our own place uh, a la Cronky, you know, where you spend billions, uh, you know, the the Bears will put in a couple hundred million Mm -hmm. and, you know, to whatever they do down there. And as I see, we we put some money in. And it'll be, well, and it'll all be like bonded money too, something like that. Oh, the government gets after this many years, we don't lose it until this many years. You know, it'll be some, you know, that's, I mean, unfortunately that's, when that was the first thing I thought of when they oh, said, yeah, "Oh, they're looking at Chicago working on that right now." I'm sure. Trust me. <laughs> well, that was that was that's what I'm saying. That was the first thing I thought of when I saw the Naperville could be. A, I'm like, they're gonna get the shot down everywhere, government wise, and it's gonna end up at Soldier Field still. Yeah, and whatever they get. The mayor of Naperville not exactly a fan, or vice versa, of Mr. Pritzker. So that's it. There gonna be doesn't no matter favor, though. There gonna be no favors. That are done back and forth for him. Uh, he might not be. Naperville might very clearly want it, but I'm talking oh, about when it's all said and done. 
okay, Bears, you move, then you're going to get absolutely zero government help at anything, Mm -hmm. period. You know, and then the state can shut down the Naperville. No, no, you no state that can all be out of Naperville's budget, then not out of the state budget. Go ahead, yeah, have fun. What, what I'm saying is, if it was a a suburb that was more uh, the leadership was more friendly to Springfield, you might see you might see a little more bending than you're going to see. Oh, I don't think so. They could they could year. pick. I think it could be anywhere else. It, the fact that it's leaving downtown area is the biggest. Because guess what? If Pritzker lets it go out of there. Maybe he loses some votes. Yeah, yeah. then it's up to Naperville and DuPage County, and yep. and they and and together they don't have five billion dollars that it would take oh, to, to do, do this. Kind of no, maybe the yeah. residents do, but no, the city doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> don't say that; they're going to start hitting you for more money. <laughs> yeah, no doubt. Yeah, we do have five billion dollars. <laughs> yeah. All yeah. right. So a personal from- thing, though, too. I mean, I I don't. Arlington would be great, but I, I think, like Dave alluded to before, it's going to be a pain to get there. It's going to be a pain for, you know, there isn't a there isn't a train system for people in the suburbs to get there. Like it is, everybody can get to the city of Chicago fairly easy. Public transportation, driving, parking isn't horrible. I mean, it's just the traffic when you get close to the stadium is bad. Well, let's Arlington be won't, be, won't be a lot of fun. 88, 88 as you head towards the city from St. Charles. In Geneva already sucks. Yeah. Could you imagine it on a well, Sunday when there's seventy thousand people coming up the one, the one it, highway? It, it's only three lanes. I mean, we we planned ahead. But for that, it. yeah, we're, we're up to nineteen forty-five now. <laughs> but that, that's what I'm saying. So, like, yes, there's a highway there, but that highway will get destroyed. You know what I mean? That highway highway will not look good. And condition wise, and then traffic wise, for a long through, time, you're not going to be able to expand. Yeah. Well, and I don't really care about that because I'm just a couple miles away, and I, you know, <laughs> I can get. I don't care about the other people. You can Uber so, it. I can Uber it. I can there ride my go. bike over there. Just walk. Yeah. Grab yeah, a couple beers. Camelback <laughs> book bag in a in a couple. Have a couple beers on the walk. Yeah, well, there you go. Stuff, the tuk tuks. Yeah. You know, I, mean, I could. Uh, we could let people park in our yard. Yeah. yeah. All the years that I've driven to Wrigley in the traffic, the traffic will be no different going to Ireland to Barbera's game. That is going to Wrigley for a couple. Yeah, of but I don't think it would be much different when everybody's got to come down one highway of eighty-eight, though, either, right? So, that that's the way it stands right now. The thing is, I don't know how many. I'd be interested to see where the season ticket holder base lives because I don't think it lives in the city. I think it lives all over north, yeah. south, right. I, I, I honestly, I would bet the city is mainly younger people these days. I mean, it's. I would bet the biggest area is maybe even southeast kind of area, like look great. Like don't be southeast in the season to go for it. No, I'm talking like Overland Park, like or Overland. Sorry, Overland Park. Not thinking Overland. Yeah, that's way out southwest. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, southwest in Kansas. I actually know where Overland Park is. That's a hell of a country. I meant Overland Park, like that area. You know, I would. I kind of almost. Wonder well, if that's that where your be. land would be if they if they were just looking for land. If you oh my go God. out to wow. Frankfort and places like yeah. that, they could get three hundred acres. Dave, you're selling yourself short. What about the Cal County way out there, over yeah. by north, over yeah. by northern Illinois? You know what'll come up, Keith? This is this will be justice, right? Don't forget the Jackson stolen all the land where the Piatone Airport was going. Right, right. So <laughs> someday they're going to sell that land and yeah. make that money. 
It's That'll so be when, when the NFL puts a second team in uh, Chicago. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jesse be on the phone to Pritzker saying, I got some land for you. <laughs> Excited. Well, well so, you know, that 355 extension, I'm telling you, well, you talk about land. Uh, you, I mean, and. That's um, between the Stevenson and 80. Yeah. Is, anywhere you want to put it. There you go. But on that note, last part for this, the other clickbait article I saw was uh, that St. Louis should make a play to bring the Bears down. I was like, oh, wouldn't that be something? Uh, would that not yeah. be like... Next, next topic. Next topic. <laughs> I was like, one, the NFL would never let that happen. Two, yeah. could you imagine the riots that would happen in Chicago if the Bears moved to St. Louis? <laughs> yeah, that'd be real bad. That's All kind right, of the so... southern, southern suburbs, I guess. Yeah. Kind of hey, Southern <laughs> Illinois is right there, baby. Screw it. Put it in the middle. Put it. That's how long it took me to get home from downtown. You got plenty of plenty of <laughs> land. We <laughs> <laughs> got plenty hours. of land right between Bloomington Normal and Springfield. Put it right in the middle of both cities. <laughs> I, I, yeah, and nobody I, will I, go. I've given that about three hundred times in the last few years. I, I know how much land is there. <laughs> <laughs> but all right, so from one clickbait NFL story to another, uh, NFL.com released its top ten, top nine. Don't know why they didn't do ten. Top nine new veteran quarterback wide receiver duos. Uh, number one is the Jets, Aaron Rodgers and Garrett Wilson. Number two is Lamar Jackson and Odell Beckham Jr. in Baltimore. Three is Trevor Lawrence and Calvin Ridley in Jacksonville. Four is Derek Carr. Chris Alave with the Saints. Five, Justin Fields, DJ Moore with the Bears. Six, Garoppolo and Davante Adams with the Raiders. Seven, Dak Prescott, uh, Brennan Cooks with the Cowboys. Eight, the Buccaneers, Baker Mayfield, Mike Evans. And nine, Mac Jones and Juju Smith-Schuster with the Patriots. When Baker Mayfield makes the list, you know yeah. it at that point. <laughs> That's a, that, that was the first thing you thought? Yeah, if it, if it was the best TV commercials, I'd, I'd have him on that. He, he, he was great at a commercial. Yeah. First thing I thought, though, was how the hell do you have Odell Beckham Jr. and Calvin yeah. Ridley on this list when they sat out a whole year and you don't even know how they're going to be in well, the two and three? And Odell Beckham. I say these are the new things. So they left but out, I'm saying those guys the, sat out a whole Buffalo year. You don't know, you don't know how, no, but I'm saying is those guys sat out a whole year. You have no idea how they're going to come back. Yeah, their quarterbacks are great, but you don't know how, like, to be two and three, like, now I think Justin Fields, DJ Moore's probably a little high at five. I think probably underselling Garoppolo, Devontae Adams a little bit. And Well, what you may feel you a little know. better about is if, if they did the entire list, including who's, you know, you know, you, you, digs in, up in Buffalo and all the people. If you put, if you put them in and then see where these guys fit, instead of five, uh, they may be 20. 20. Oh, they, they better be lower than 20. Yeah, I mean, 22, 25. I don't know. It, it, it just depends on, on what's there. I mean, so it, I'm not. I just, uh, I just look at this list and I'm like, okay, I get Rodgers and Garrett Wilson. Garrett Wilson was good with Mike's, whatever the hell, Mike, we almost said Mike Bush, but Mike White and Zach Wilson. So you add Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, it's great. Plus you add Lazard. Like they didn't yeah. count. Technically, Adam Lazard or uh, Alan Lazard and Randall Cobb in this thing because <laughs> the duo itself is not new; it's just in a new setting. 
But like, Cal, you don't know how Calvin Ridley and o, OBJ are gonna like. Oh, because was it wasn't Odell Beckham supposed to come back? Yeah, and his knee wasn't healthy, and he couldn't get clear. Yeah, and they didn't. They, I mean, they could have brought him back for like pennies to have him play in the playoffs, and they just mm-hmm. decided not to. Yeah. Who, who was the team? I can't remember who the team was. Yeah, which says something. Was it the right? Bucks or something? I can't no, remember. it was the Ravens. It was the Ra- Oh, it was the Ravens. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Where he's at now, anyways. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. Like, and then, I mean, Dak Prescott. Like, then, then I just look at this. Yeah, like Dak Prescott and Brandon Cooks. Like, Cooks is not going to see the ball a whole lot. Why is he on the CD list? Lamb. Like, CD Lamb is the guy. There, right? Well, not even CD Lamb either. It's Michael Galloway or Gallup still is there. And, yeah. And what's the other guy that they got? The, I don't remember. They have another wide receiver. So who's it? Tampa Bay and Mike or, or Baker Mayfield. I forgot. That's only was. because Mike Evans is so good. He could just throw it up, I guess. Like, yeah. And then Mac Jones and Juju. Come on. That's a, again that's, the reach. That's what I'm saying. Like this list. Like, that's one, a reach on both sides. One, it's yeah. a giant clickbait article, anyways, just for this exact stuff that we're talking about, this random BS debate. Yeah. But like, again, like, like I just. I don't know if I can say Justin Fields, who isn't a great passing quarterback, and DJ Moore, who isn't has never really proven that he's a top flight wideout. Yeah. Are better than Jimmy G and Devontae Adams. No. No. I mean, well, well you know, like, Adams not a big fan of Jimmy G. So I think, yeah, I think the potential <laughs> there, you know, maybe Devontae Adams a little better than DJ Moore. Justin Fields probably has more potential than Jimmy Garoppolo, but I, I don't But know. as a duo itself, I think Jimmy G's got a better chance of getting Devontae Adams the ball a lot better than Fields does. Well, and also because of yeah. an offensive line. Well, yeah, we say, stay upright. Yeah. Yeah. No. <laughs> and then honestly, like, I I mean, Olave's really good, and Derek Carr isn't a slouch when he's got time. Like, that could be. I like, I like Olave. Of all the receivers that have come out of. Ohio State in the last four or five years. I like a lobby a lot. Yeah. I, mean, like, I, I feel like he's, he, that is one good receiver. I feel like that's probably a better combo than hoping Odell and Ridley pan out. Like, yeah, do I think Trevor Lawrence and Calvin Ridley could both be pro bowlers this year? Yeah, probably. I just don't know if I would bank on them to be the third best, quote, new duo. This, this feels like uh, Kevin Patra here, the around the NFL writer, uh, had a had a job to do, and he just <laughs> did it to get. Come up with a top <laughs> list. Well, sir, I cannot come up with ten. I don't have ten quarterbacks that are in new places <laughs> with new lines. Yeah, so we're going nine. <laughs> Who does a top nine list, anyway? And it had to be veterans <laughs> too. Couldn't be rookies. Couldn't, couldn't have next, rookies the, in there either. The, the next one that comes up with me. It would be the best backup quarterback combination. So, <laughs> I mean, I, I was I, kind of, you know? I did kind of sit there and think though. I was like, I don't know if there, I don't know if there is ten combos. Like, this might be all the new combos, unless you're going to take wide receivers off the same team with some of these quarterbacks, like Michael Thomas with Derek Carr, like, yeah, that aren't rookies. Like, I kind of like yeah. laugh. Like, if, like, if I'm a betting man, I don't want my money on Odell Beckham. You know what the tenth <laughs> one is? The guy, the guy wrote this article, hoping that by the time he finished this, before he posted it, he could <laughs> plop 
swap DeAndre Hopkins in with some quarterback, and he was never yeah. able to because he didn't sign. He was number that 10. That was one. That's one. He was number 10. He was number 10. DeAndre and anybody. He had, he had it written in three different article forms. He had it written with him going to the Chiefs at number one. He had it written with him going to Buffalo at number one. And he had it written with him going wherever else Miami is number one. What's all this talk like for him to go to the Patriots? He's talking to the yeah. Patriots. He's talking to somebody yeah, else. Let me go. Let me go to. Let me go to the same place that now has the offensive coordinator of the guy who traded me for David Johnson again and Bill O'Brien. Yeah. Yeah. Like what? Right. Because oh, yeah. they have cap space and they can throw the name out there and yeah. hope that people try to match it. But okay, let's move on to the other clickbait NFL article. This one was via ESPN, uh, and it was they ranked every quote core in the NFL. Uh, the number one core in the NFL is the Kansas City Chiefs. The guys they highlighted as their core, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Chris Jones, uh, their center, Creed Humphrey, and their guard, Joe Tunney. I didn't know uh, two guys on your offensive line would be considered your core, but I guess when your whole team is offense. Well, when yeah. you lose your top wide receiver, what, three or four years in a row? Two years yeah, in a row, they, for sure. Yeah, they've given up now. They, they, well, yeah. let's be real. Travis Kelsey's their top wide receiver. Well, yeah, he is. <laughs> he, doesn't, he doesn't block too much. He's not no tight end down there. In hand in the ground blocking. <laughs> uh, the Cincinnati Bengals are number two. Uh, and their, quote, core is Joe Burrow, Jamar Chase, T. Higgins, Trey uh, Hendrickson, and then former tackle of the Kansas City Chiefs, Orlando Brown Jr., I was just going to say, that's a core that you just The article wanted me to be a plus member. (laughs) Well, then I was looking at this, like, there is not a single one that lists a running back as a part of their core. Like, how is Joe Mixon not in their core? I don't know. And it's weird that a guy that they just signed, too, (laughs) is in your core. I mean, he's a really good player, but you've done it for the last few years without him. I wouldn't necessarily say he's your core at this point. Where yeah. did they put the Bears, by the way? I, I, we'll get there. We'll get there. Let me finish <laughs> off the top. The top. <laughs> I, I just wanted to do the top. I want to, I want to do the top six. So uh, number three is the Eagles, Jalen Hurt, A.J. Brown, Lane Thomas, their offensive tackle, Hassan Reddick, an outside linebacker, and Darius Slay, their cornerback. This is where I kind of had a little head scratcher. Where's Kelsey? He hasn't oh, the center? He technically isn't signed. Oh, he's not signed. Okay. I yeah, know. he's been on one-year deals for whatever. Okay. Well, he'll probably go back there. I, yeah. No, I, no. I mean, they said Jason Kelsey. Yeah. Brown, or what's his name? Uh, James Sorsani. Sor- how do you say his last name? Whatever. Their coach bought him like three. Yeah. Jokingly said he bought him three kegs to come out of retirement to sign this contract. Did you say kegs or cakes? Kegs. Kegs. Oh, okay. Your kegs. All right. <laughs> uh, he, he's going to retire? Is he, he? That's been like the – yeah, that's yeah, what, that's what I, about I that's what the I past couple I of years. Yeah. yeah. He's, it's like um, I might be done after this year. I might be done after this year. I might be done after this year. Uh, number four is the Miami Dolphins. Hugo, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Ramsey, who they just got, Jalen Waddle, and uh, offensive take tackle, Terrian Armstead. Jalen Ramsey cannot be a core when he's played on what four different teams now in the span of five years. Yeah, which also tells you something. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe not the greatest guy in the room. And yeah, 
And then you put the quarterback who might not ever play again. Yeah, that's, yeah. That's like, like this is this feels like another. Hey, I got to come up with an article, and I don't know who to list or how to list this. Because then number five is the Buffalo Bills yeah, with Josh Allen, uh, Stefan Diggs, Von Miller, Shadarius White, and uh, linebacker Matt Milano. Oh, what how one year though flips? Because this year, this time last year, if this article is written. That Bills core is number two. Number yeah. Easily number two. Yeah. And then number six, just because this is uh your second NFC team. So it's four AFC teams and second well, NFC team. There, there's it's, some issue with Steph Diggs, though, too, right? Apparently Steph he Diggs. might want out. I don't know. Yeah. We'll see. He I think he's just gonna want more money and then say, yeah. okay, thank you. I have another check. Move on. Uh the Dallas Cowboys, which Dak Prescott, Michael Parsons, C.D. Lamb, Zach Martin, Trey Diggs. I mean, yeah, and that's pretty good core. <laughs> I think, I think that might be my second. Like me personally, that is the second best core on that I've read so far. Yeah, I always, the first one, the, the first one is the Eagles. I don't necessarily like, yeah, Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey, woohoo! But then. Chris Jones, Creed Humphreys, <laughs> Joe Tanyan. Don't, they don't That's really like do a whole the lot. Best combo ever. <laughs> but but I'm saying like as a full core of five guys. Yeah. Like the, the, if the, if those are your third, four, five guys out of your quote core. Yeah. Okay, so you're basing this solely on whoever has the best quarterback as number one. Because it's the most important position. But I'm just. But my point being like. As an overall core, the Bengals' core of what they list is probably better than the Chiefs. Yeah. With T. Higgins as your second wideout with Jamar Chase and then Trey Hendrickson, a dominant defensive end. And that doesn't even take into account who's the other guy. They got Hubbard or Herbert, however, whoever it is, too, on the opposite side. Mm-hmm. Um, so, Dave, you were asking the NFC North rankings. The yeah. highest the highest ranked team is the Minnesota Vikings at 13. Yes. Kirk Cousins, Justin Jefferson, uh offensive tackle, Christian Darasol, tight end TJ Hawkinson, and off uh outside linebacker Daniel Hunter. Uh then at the second highest ranked is the Detroit Lions at 18. Uh Jared Goff, Amon Ron St. Brown. Aiden Hutchinson, Penny Sewell, and Jameis Wilson, Williams. Um, and then back-to-back, Packers 24, Jordan Love, uh, Jair Alexander, David Bactolari, Christian Watson, Rashawn Gary, and number 25, the Chicago Bears, Justin Fields, DJ Moore, uh, Tremaine Edmond, Eddie Jackson, and Braxton Jones are the guys they list as the core. I don't know if I would count Eddie Jackson as part of the core anymore. If you're uh, gonna, right, if you're gonna if you're gonna say these other guys are the core, he's a little over the over the hill age wise for the rest of that core. And they're trying to find somebody to take Braxton's own spot and move mm-hmm. They yeah. already found the guy. They just needed yeah. to show that he is the guy. So out of those cores, is the Lions not the best? Where were they again? They were Jared not- Goff. Amon Ron St. Brown, Aiden Hutchinson, Penny Sewell, and Jameis Williams. I'm still not sure I trust Goff, but that's. But it's still. Look at the other. I mean, is there another? Be, is there a better defensive player on these lists than Aiden Hutchinson? 
Is there a better offensive tackle on these lists than Penny Sewell? Like a Parsons, probably. No, I'm talking about in the north. In the north. Yeah. Or the Vikings. Daniel Hunter is their defensive guy, and uh, Christian Darasaw <laughs> is a tackle. I've never even heard of the guy. And who who else? Uh, TJ Hawkinson, Justin Jefferson, and Kirk Cousins. Yeah, I'd have to go with Detroit. Yeah. Again, okay, just clickbait, but yeah, they, it's they, one. They're... It's kind of funny to see who this guy lists as their core. It, it is. Because is he just going off like Madden rankings or something? He went to the salary. He went to the book. Because like I'm sitting there also. I'm also sitting there thinking like the Eagles. How is like Jordan Davis not part of their core? Well, the Eagles could probably you know like Eagles might be able to go ten deep on that list. Yeah. Oh, probably more than ten. They're Georgia Georgia D North up there. But yeah, just another clickbait article. But at the same time, it kind of like, like, I don't know. Like, he didn't say if he got these, like, maybe these are who the organization's view is their core cornerstone. Like, in St. Louis, there's this joke that when they had uh, Billy Devaney and Steve Spagnola, that we have the, the pillars of a great organization. Like, maybe these are the pillars that they think of being their organization right now. And, I become very skeptical if the Bears truly think Eddie Jackson and Braxton Jones are their pillars or that's a little frightening, you know, a, a while down the road instead of like it wasn't, it's not just a this year thing. Like when you're talking about cores and like talking about ages, because that's what this all was, was like average age too. Was well, yeah, the whole average age, factor. you know, I don't, I don't know if I would, con, you know, constitute Eddie Jackson as being part of that core and again if you do you might be in trouble yeah like why is it not Gordon yeah Jackson's got what maybe a year or two more than Gordon two minutes no Eddie Jackson's older than that much he's more older than Gordon that like he's got to be what is it four I thought he was like four years technically Playing wise, let's see. Was this contract come up? Uh, I think he isn't he. Let's see. So Eddie Jackson is. Oh, he's only twenty nine. I thought he was a he little older. Big, than that. big rookie year. No. He's only been, I would say, what four years or so as a starter. He's signed through twenty four. Yeah, so he signed this year, thirteen million next year for fourteen. So he's played eighty-eight career games. Eddie Jackson has. So he's a year. He's a rookie in two thousand seventeen. So he's played six seasons. That's why I said he's only. He isn't that much older. I mean, no. He had one off year in the middle of there that they weren't sure whether they were going to keep him or not. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, but but this. So here, here's my point. So Kyler Gordon is he was a rookie last year, and he's played or he's 24 years old. 
coming this year? Why is he not the core if you're going to use Justin Fields and you certainly got a higher ceiling too. Uh, well, it's just it fits the age demographic of what you would consider the Bears' core better, too. Like I, I, I don't understand. Like, and it's not just the Bears; they did it on a couple of these things. We're like, like the Packers, the core they have Jordan Love, Christian Watson on there, but then Rashawn Gary, which yes, he's not a lot older, but Bactillari and Jair Alexander are probably. Th- you know, Alexander, I think, is a five or six year pro. Um, Bactelari's been there for however long, 10 yeah. almost. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like when I think of a core, you're trying to talk about the same age group. But we will move on. Hey guys, want to keep up to date on all your sporting news? Head on over to our new website, sportsdividedsn.com, and sign up for our emails. You'll get emails anytime there's new content created and posted on our website. We're looking to be your sports news provider. We promise to give you our best content about the teams you and we care about the most. Again, the website is sportsdividedsn.com. Go on over and check us out. Touch a little bit on this topic, not a whole lot, and then we'll get to our rankings. Uh, Talk a little MLB. I don't know, five minutes, maybe 10 minutes, maybe tops. Um, yeah, it's ugly right now. <laughs> Summed it up there in a nutshell. It's uh, they just they're the Cardinals are finding ways to lose every single game, period. Well, the White Sox aren't doing different well. ways, too. Like right now, so the Cardinals have since. May 15th, they have the best starters ERA in the majors, and they still can't win games. They're like a sub-2-4 ERA for their starters. Really? That's surprising. The Cardinals yesterday uh, entered the series or entered the game against the Giants hitting like, I think they were 6-for-21 or something with runners in scoring position in the series and had like four RBIs. And then they got three hits with runners in scoring position yesterday. Only had four RBIs and was on a grand slam. They're hitting. So this is how bad it is in St. Louis. We have runners in scoring position. We can't hit. And then when we do get a hit, we're hitting the ball so hard. It's a one hop to the outfielder and the guy can't score from second. (laughs) Smoked it. (laughs) Like, it's like, what the mother? But so, yeah, the Cardinals uh, have given up 29 two-strike home runs this season. Um, That's bad. They're seven and sixteen in one run games. Uh, they have blown twenty four leads and they only have eight comeback wins. Last year we had forty. Well, face it, if you if you took the run differential in the NL Central, it would have been the country Cardinals first and second for the last three or four weeks. Well, if you if you took out the one game <laughs> yeah, that they well, lost eleven to three to the Giants, and then so uh, the Giants blew us out one game two of the three. But no, but I'm saying so. The Cardinals are minus thirteen. If you take that yeah. away and you take away, um, well, we were both positive up until about a week ago. Yeah. Well, and nobody else. Did, nobody else did division is positive. No, but so what I was going. So it was that game where they scored eleven, but Jack Flaherty got charged with six runs, and he gave up ten runs to the Angels in early in early May. Jack Flaherty's ERA is like a 
two four or two five, but it's really like now because of those two games he had, it's like a four eight. Well, well yeah, he's, he's had a few good outings lately. A lot of he's had a lot of good out. Like that's the thing. Michaelis has been like Michaelis well, has been really good. You look at Justin Steele here. I mean, that was and Smiley and Stroman's got more uh was it quality starts than anybody in baseball. And he's got another one tonight and we're about to, and hopefully about to take the pirates out three straight. So that's Pirates aren't good. That's that's what I learned. That's what I learned when we played them and got swept. The Cardinals are just playing that bad of baseball, but the Pirates are not good. Like the Cardinals let them. They got, a couple, they got a couple of nice young players. You know, kind of not as many as Cincinnati is. Cincinnati's Cincinnati's going to win this division. Uh, if they don't win nobody, this year, it might be next year because nobody else is going to tr- like. This is it's so embarrassing for me to say, because like I should just give up hope, but the division is so bad. The Cardinals are eight and a half games back, but they're actually only seven games away in the win column. Like that's imba- like they're fifteen games under five hundred, and they're only seven wins away from having the same amount of wins as the team that leads the division. Yeah. Well, if if we if we hang on the game against Pittsburgh tonight, we'll be three out. Yeah, that, which, but that's what I'm which, saying. Which, and, which, which I mean, and you guys are six games, and then it's nothing. And at, really, at that point, you're uh, still you're still six games out, or six games below five hundred. Like, yeah, and that's what, that's the one about. I, I don't care if we're only three games out. We're six games under five hundred if we win, you know. And well, that's like, the only I was, thing I only do is I don't want to have to sell again this year. I, I don't think I can live through it. I think they're going to because it, it's what they've already planned on doing. For I, I like I think because they won't be able to pull it well, off with the fans if if they're if they're if they're in first place. Which is obviously, yeah, it might not even be 500, but they might be in first place. Uh, and so, if the, the fans are not going to let themselves at that point, well, but they're not going to buy either. That's the thing. They're not going to like. They'd be dumb to risk the future well, and buy. You, know, you don't. You don't break it off, but you don't. Not selling to me is almost like buying. You know, here's what you do: you go out and get yourself a reliever. You need. You need a close down reliever badly. You, you know. You worry yeah, about. You got guys a, in the minors coming for to be your starters and stuff. Get go get that reliever, so, you know that you, hopefully you can hang on to for more than one year. Yeah, but so then what are you going to give up another Glaber Torres? Like that's what like they can't do that. Right. Oh no, but you don't you don't like, give up. They're not in the phase of like being level. able to do that. Yeah, but that's what it's going to. That's what it, I that this year. That's what it's probably going to take because there is absolutely zero pitching well, that's going they, to be available. That's what they're saying. They either want, want the quality prospects, or they want you to take you take the, the you know you, 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 what's his name the reliever, but you got to take a bad contract off our hands too. For even if it's for two years, Cubs have the money. I mean, you, you can hide so. But you still got to give up. They're going to still want like they're talking about a blue chip prospect for him, or oh, hey, no. you're giving you're giving us an A prospect and you're taking a bad <laughs> Like, that's just the way the market's going to be, and that's what... Yeah, and, and I'll do that. I'll give him an A, pro, an a prospect, not an A plus, and take some money on to get that, that closed down reliever. You know, you don't go out and do a lot of other stuff. No, I agree with you. Yeah. You, you just... You, next, this isn't the year. The, the Cubs aren't winning yeah. anything this year. If they won the division, that would be something, but it means nothing because you're going to go out in the first round of the playoffs, more likely than that. So, you know, next year is the year you should plan on being competitive. Spend a little more money in the offseason again. You got two or three more guys at the top of your rankings coming up. 
that's the guys who are good. This year is all gravy at that, at that point. Just don't give up Strowman and then have to go out and get another Strowman next year. I mean, I think, well, I think that I makes think, no sense. Realistically, I think they're going to move him because I, Marcus Strowman, as much as he plays into it right now with the Cubs fans, he's all about the money and he's yeah, going to opt sure out. He's yeah, going to he's, he's playing a good PR game, but uh, so he's saying 90, all the right so things. Ninety-five percent of the players up. No, I know, yeah. but so I'm saying is he's gonna he's gonna opt out, and I don't think he's like. Of course, he's gonna. I, I would. He's I would not gonna. He's not gonna end up in Chicago. He's gonna end up on somewhere that's he's the final piece, and they're gonna give him mega money. You right. know, like he been like I know he's been pretty good this year, but I mean his career has he been. Well, last year initially, he's been good yeah. in a couple he's spots. Been okay. I, mean, he's I know been he's okay. been like a good. I've I've known, I've heard he's his name okay. he was around, but I don't think he's as good as he it's is. It's more he's he's it's more because like he, it's more because he's like a flashy type like a guy. Um, you notice him because he, he gets himself noticed. I mean, he's yes, yeah. Strowman, he just he's been a <laughs> okay, he's been good. But he, again, he's another guy that's been what three teams, and he asked out of Toronto. Uh, oh, I get it. But what I'm saying, the hard part is, if you go to next year without him, what, I mean, they got a couple of young pitchers. So let's say one of them works out for next year. Because Brown's only 19 years old. He's too damn young. You know, he, Brown's going to be a bullpen piece, I think. I don't think he ends up being a starter fully. I, think, I don't I think, know that. I think he's a guy that ends up – He might. they might try to give him some starts, and then he ends up being a – better bullpen piece because he can come in and throw gas, gas, gas for an inning and then be done and not have to worry about having a third pitch. He can just have two slider fastball, boom, boom, done, you know, but go ahead. They're sitting on three guys that are, you know, are, are, you know, higher than steel was when he came up, you know? So, so I mean, it's, you know, they're, they're going to be okay, but they're, again, they're still, 24 is the best on these guys. He's, uh, you know, 25 is something. But, uh, I mean, the, the best news in the, in the Cubs thing that I'll go with is if you don't follow their minor leagues and stuff, you wouldn't know. They drafted a kid out of Chicago when you talk about the arguable players, and, uh, shortstop named Banks. And he's, uh, uh, I think he's 18 now, 70, but he was. Considering, I mean, his barrel rate and stuff was outrageous for a high school kid. And then he hurt his hip. He had the same surgery done that Bo Jackson did. So they didn't know if he'd even play again. You know, and and he's back and raking, you know, which which is, you know, it's one of those stories where you kind of feel good. He's an inner city kid, hometown kid, and it looked like on a freak play he was going to lose his career. You know, so it's... That, that you know that if he whether he makes it or not to the major, he's still a couple years away. I mean, but you know, kind of a cool thing. But yeah, no, I think my point to them selling Strowman is he's going to opt out anyways, and I don't think he's going to resign in Chicago. Oh, he'll we'll, we'll resign with the highest bidder. So, so yeah. you might as well move him to get something back, otherwise mm-hmm. he's going to walk anyway. Like, and that sucks to say, but that's part of like. They over they overpaid not money wise but overpaid by giving him a sole player option. Oh, for the last, year year. you know what I mean, like because guess what? It's only your option because if you have a crap two years, you're gonna opt in and get paid. 
If you're that was surprised, that was surprised he came here to begin with. To be honest with you. Oh, I think so. I think he came to Chicago because he report was he wanted to come to St. Louis. Mo said, "Okay, we can offer you this," and then they wouldn't offer a third year, and he said, "Screw you," and then signed with the Cubs to kind of like, like you like Mo Mo isn't a guy that's gonna be like. Oh darn! He went to our rival. We're really gonna get like he's like okay, go do your stuff, whatever. Like, like I don't think these front office guys think of it the way that some of these players think they probably do. Like, well, because if he if he gets the end of the year and they don't extend him, he's gonna be a Met or a Yankee or a Dodger. Well, he's already been a Met. He won't be there. He'll. I mean, you know where I could see him going is someplace like Texas. They spent Texas a lot of spent a lot of money on pitching Houston. You know, but or the I mean, I think truly where he wanted to go last when he signed, he wanted to go to the Giants. I think that was kind of what was said to be like his preferred spot. And the Giants just came off a hundred and whatever seven win season and were like, eh, we're good. We have Rodon for another year. We'll pass this time. <laughs> well, for him, though, it worked out and for the Giants, well, it worked out, I should say. You know, they got one more year out of him. He was, his numbers were good. He was good. The team itself didn't have the magic that it had, but they were still a game under 500. So, but it was just a drop off to go to 80 wins from 107. But, you know, (laughs) but yeah, I think, I think the Cubs, because of how I think Stroman will play this, their best bet is to trade him. Just like I think the Cardinals' best bet is to probably try to move one, not both, because you probably need to keep one. Because you right now you only have technically, if Stephen Matz goes back to the rotation, you have two rotation arms for next year. You need right now. For innings, so yeah. yeah. So I think you only you move whoever gets you the better return. If the Cardinals keep staying kind of where they're at, like whatever you, you move either Montgomery or Flaherty, one of those two, not both. And you look to move. He's on the IL right now with a forearm strain, but whether it's Helsley, Gallegos, Stratton, Verhagen, a couple of your bullpen pieces, because whatever, you know, but there's like these articles out there of, Oh, the Cardinals should really look at trading Paul Goldschmidt. And it's like, nah, like uh-huh. you, you, you national people have no clue how much the organization values having two former all star MVP, whatever you want, cornerstone pieces. They're not like throughout my whole life, they've always had at least two, maybe even three Hall of Famers on the roster. Plain and yeah. simple, they're not gonna, no, they're, not, they're not gonna trade cornerstone players like that. It's not, it's well, not they, their they, MO, it's never been their MO. You know, like it'd be like the Cubs. They don't compare to the two guys that you have yet because they're younger <laughs> and stuff like that, uh, especially Horner. But you know, I'd say that the only two untouchable guys on the Cubs outside of pitchers are Horner and Swanson because that's they they vacated that middle of the year. Well, I would uh, say Hap. Hap ain't hitting for any power this series. He just oh, roped the double, roped the double right now. But I think that's because they also have him where he's hitting. Like I, some of that's just. You know, whatever. But I think those. I think there's decide what they do in the outfield when you know next year if they're going to bring Armstrong up, you've got to have a place to play. You know, and and Bellinger, do they 
are they really enamored with him? I the numbers don't back up his numbers, if you will. And his hard hit rate and all that kind of stuff, but it isn't it doesn't warrant where he is. I think, I think the Cubs are gonna do uh he can be a first baseman with Pete Crow Armstrong kind of what they did with uh uh Chris Bryant. Where oh, sure. He will not, but I don't think it's. 20, so I, I, I don't think it's. I, I don't think it's because no, he just turned twenty one. Twenty one, okay, yeah. So but he's because he's in double A right now. I think they're going to use the oh, he needs to play in triple A thing for at sure. least half a year. One to buy them a season of control, but not so much as that. It buys them another season out of the Suzuki deal and the HAP extension to see like, okay, we're a little lower on the totem pole now with these guys. Hap's got two years left. Suzuki's got two years left. You know, what? A, you, like it, it gives them a little bit more of a window of like how we can fit him in long term. Where you know that type of thing. But yeah, like the like the car, like it's just some of these beat writers or some of these national guys. It's absolutely comical. Like, like they like they talked like the the there was a trade out there. They're like, oh, well, you know, the Cardinals could sell should could. Could slash should ship Paul Goldschmidt to Cleveland for Josh Bell and, and Shane Bieber, and it's like, so what does that do? What does that do? That does nothing. You get a first like, picture that nobody wanted and a picture whose best year well, But not only that, like, like Cleveland's you're, so, But you're getting guys. You're, you're you're getting guys for the now, and you're giving up the better version of the guy for now. Like, mm-hmm. it's not like. If Baltimore called and said, "Hey, we'll give you Jackson Holiday or Gunnar Henderson and yeah. Rodriguez for Paul Goldschmidt," and be like, "Okay, yeah. now we can have a conversation," because yeah. you're getting guys that are like premier players that are like a year spot. away. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you know, but like yeah, it's it's like never say never, but you got you got to overwhelm me. Well, you you got to give me something that is gonna replace him, right? You know. And another player, really. But also, really, but, uh, but realistically, like, if you ship out Paul Goldschmidt, what does that say to Nolan Arenado, who you just asked to stay in? Hey, and like, yeah. You're like, come on. Like, these people are, like, I get some of it's probably clickbait and some of it's to just, because they haven't been able to poke fun at the Cardinals for 20-something years, and they finally get to, you know what I mean? Like, I think that's some of the, like, what these beat writers like to do. Like, the Yankees went through it a couple years ago. They never got to poke fun at the Yankees, and all of a sudden there's all these bash Yankees type. Like there's an article that said the the Cardinals should trade uh, Paul Goldschmidt to the Mets, and I'm like, the Mets have less of a chance to make the playoffs than the St. Louis Cardinals do. And the Cardinals sit eight and a half games out. The Mets are four games out because guess what? I don't trust the NL Central enough to where eight and a half really matters. I would much. I have more faith in. The Dodgers holding on to a wild card spot and the Phillies outplaying the Mets and, you know, the Giants outplaying the Mets and holding on to a wild card spot than the Pirates or Brewers or Reds or somebody running away with this division. Yeah. It's just sometimes it's comical. That's also all. Bellinger is playing today. Huh? Yeah. So they sent down Mervis. That's, that's, I know they say it's not the right move. You, you need, you can't break the kid completely. It's, you know, his hard hit and his barrel numbers, barrel rate are, are good yet. His pitch selection, he's, he's got to get better, you know, yeah. to the next range. He's not going to do it by, you know, 
trying to you know force and everything and stuff. So yeah, yeah you're showing Matt by your phone. Was it? Was it? Well, I thought you were showing something on your phone. No, no. no. Oh, okay. Because no. I was gonna say, I thought maybe you were letting me know that Jake Berger hit another bomb. Did he? Oh, they start? No, no, they just started. Man, it's just a ground out in a lineup. But talk about the Burger Man. I know. It's pretty nice. St. Louis boy. It's pretty nice. I do like it. <laughs> At least we have some life. I mean, you know what? That last game, we we had the lead, gave it up, and then fought back, which is like, okay. Well, but you oh, there it is. There it is. Oh, Luis Roberts hit a home run. Man, he is, he's, yeah. He hit one last night off of a hanging curveball from Kershaw. He sat back on it and yeah, flopped it. Um, but yeah, the Texans, uh, or the Rangers Angels game. I had that Shohei. Oh my God. Shohei hit a couple bombs a couple nights ago. Yeah. I have, uh, I just said screw it and I, I bought the MLB. TV, so I spend a lot of nights with the Cardinals game on one and whatever I feel is the second best game on the other TV. Most of the time, I like to watch Shohei Otani and Mike Trout play. Yeah. Also put a uh, lot of that, that'd be pretty good. Also put a lot of White Sox games on just because for some reason it feels like lately they've been playing like opposite t- time zones as the Cardinals. So like they were in New York and the Cardinals were out west. Like matched up pretty well you know like yeah matches up pretty well yeah um but no i mean same thing with the white Sox. the white Sox aren't out of the division because i don't know if i trust anybody else and i know but but it's going to be the seller's market for especially for pitchers and you got i think you still sell giolito yes gotta get rid of giolito but i I think that there's it's beyond repair at this point and he's actually pitching pretty well this year so I I don't trust. Well, have you seen the splits? It's if you're selling Giolito, you gotta sell Giolito with Zavala. He's like he's like another one. Another one. Jimenez. I must be behind here. What's going on? Oh, you're streaming. Keith Keith isn't streaming. Keith's got regular cable. He's back in the lineup. He's back. He's back for the. We can real quick. Oh, <laughs> oh, he pulled a hamstring running around third. Shut yeah. up, shut up. <laughs> he did. He did tweak something the other day, running out of double play ball. And, um, but no, mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's it's uh the ERA difference is like two and a half runs when Grandal is catching as opposed to Zavalia. Really? Yeah. yeah. It's so been pretty good. I, he hit a absolute tank against the Yankees. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he had two home runs. Like, it was. I saw it. I was watching it, and they brought it up. It was the uh, biggest discrepancy in MLB history between two home runs. He hit one 317 feet to right field, a little bloop that got out in Yankee <laughs> Stadium, and then he hit one to left field that was 449 feet. It was the biggest discrepancy of two different two home runs ever in the I mean, same game. I didn't realize what I heard today on the score that between Anderson and Benintendi, they don't have a home run? No. Nope. no. And Benintendi took Benintendi. a ball to the knuckle Holy yesterday. Gee. Yeah, Benintendi doesn't even have power, but Anderson, I don't know what's going on with him. Even, well, he, even he's for average right now, for now he's batting 253. He was always right around the 300 average. So, you know, if he was hitting for average, 
so be it, but he's not even doing that. So they were talking to some guy in the Dodgers. And he's not exactly playing the best defense. They were asking about if Anderson was rumored to be going to the Dodgers and so that. And they said, why would we want a guy that basically can't field with the guy we have out there right now and is not hitting? Yeah. If you would ask me two months ago, maybe that would have been a consideration. It's just it's so it's painful because I you watch some of these players and you know like like Anderson is is a, is exact example right I've seen him make some impeccable plays and I've the way he swings the bat and the and the charisma he brings but it's like he just like doesn't do it all the time like it's just you just turn it off you turn it on same with like Yohan Makata he well, can I, do I, I, everything just as good or better than anybody else but. They just don't do it. They just decide not to do it. And that I got the shit the other day. There was a guy on the radio talking about the Sox trading uh, Giolito to the Cubs uh, and Moncada for for third base. And I've got a couple of big name prospects and somebody else. And I was like, I don't want Moncada. I'll take Giolito. But again, that'd be it's a pointless trade for the Cubs. Giolito. It's a pointless trade for here's well you, you don't yeah. need it this year, but you're 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 basically buying your staff for next year. True baseball and people have talked about Giolito wants nothing to do with being west or being east of the Mississippi. Oh. He he doesn't even want anything to do being east of the Rocky Mountains. He wants to go back home, probably somewhere in Southern California or California and Arizona, whatever, and be kind of just fade off. Yeah. Well, if he wastes the end of the year, collect his money, collect his big, big payday here, and yeah, be closer to home. Yeah, you know, like that's, I think some, like a lot of that's probably true. Like, oh, yeah, I think so. I think Flaherty's the same kind of way. That's why I thought, like, when we made our predictions, honestly, that's why I thought Flaherty was going to have a Cy Young caliber year because it was a walk year. And it's like one of those, I can shove it up your butt and get as much money as possible. And I'm going to be unreal this season. Well, they could end well, up on the same team. Conceivably, they could end up on the same team. Well, like they were in high school. Yeah. Exactly. Same, I'm going to win every yeah. award possible for four years, and then I'm just going to go somewhere that nobody can watch me play, and I'm just going to – And I can you know, sit out injuries and nobody really cares because they don't really want to win too many baseball games in Colorado right now. I go skiing. You go, you go play with Chris Bryant. Yeah. The only other place he could have probably gone and got less eyeballs on him is Oakland. So. <laughs> but no, I mean, real- because they suck, right? So they're like, oh, my God, Chris Bryant's over there, and they still suck. Yeah, and I, that, that was the one thing I did when we, before we get to our rankings. The one thing I put, don't look now, but I think in another week, Oakland may not be the worst team in baseball. Yeah, they're they- already not. Well, they, uh, they're – is it with percentage? No, they're 268 winning percentage. The Royals are 265. Oh, yeah, there you go. 18 and 50, and that's 52. <laughs> Don't look now. They might pass the Cardinals in a week and a half. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. The whole state of Missouri might be the worst baseball teams there are. Except the one on the west side of the state actually knew they were going to be this way, and they're okay with it. The one on the east side have a little issues with it when it comes to the fans. Well, so if you take if you take uh, both Illinois teams and both uh, Missouri teams, what what are we about twenty under five hundred twenty five? If you take thirty, I mean, yeah, that would be uh, generous. I think there is there is two teams over five hundred in the entire Central, and we're over they're over five hundred by three games total. 
The Twins are one game over 500. And here in well, a second, the reason over 500 is they beat, they're beating Milwaukee. <laughs> the Pirates, well, Milwaukee's at 500, but the Pirates here, if this whole score holds, will be one game over 500. So there'll be two teams over 500, one at 500. But they're only parody. two games over 500. It's called parody. <laughs> yeah. And then you look at the Braves, who are, you know, 43 and 26. Uh, like, like if you're the East, though, if you are the yeah. AL East, <laughs> even if you're in last is, place, this is the, the Red Sox. You're, you if know? you're in last place, you're, yeah, you are literally a game back, two games, no, yeah, two games back of the uh, Minnesota Twins because you're but one game under 500. They're one game over nicer, 500. Couldn't happen to a nicer fan base, but mm-hmm. yeah, exactly. But no you know what? Like, it sucks to be a Red Sox right now and <laughs> be where you are. You're 14 games back and you're 34 and 35. <laughs> like if this if this is not the picturesque, and here's how this is why it did happen. Hey Penny. This is exactly because the East Coast teams are gonna get screwed here. We're gonna end up with no divisions here in a couple of years because of this. Yeah, somebody's gonna go this can't continue, yeah. Well, oh, and it's because it's the East Coast media now. Well, Baltimore's good, Tampa's good, the Rangers or the Yankees, blah blah blah. Like, well, think of it this way. If it, like you said, if they went to three divisions, you know, and stuff like that, if you put the two centrals together, oh, my God. It's mm-hmm. <laughs> a lot of baseball there. I mean, and that's what that's why I kind of was mad when they got rid of the DH because now the game's completely the same. They can do whatever they want now, and it's – you're going to get <laughs> – Like, and it's – I mean, we've said in St. Louis, it's – now it's time – like Mo, Mo made the comment, oh, well, this is now going to test our model. Well, your model needs to be fixed, obviously, because yeah, it, your model of saying, hey, our payroll is going to go up and then uh, giving Contreras a million dollars more than Molina was making and giving Wainwright $3 million more than he made last year and having everybody else say the same and be like, oh, the payroll went up, mm-hmm. well, you know? Really, I think they had other plans and it backfired because they didn't want to give up prospects for Murphy, but well, and you could argue that their model hasn't worked for uh, a number, number of years here. Not postseason-wise. Yeah, because they haven't gotten out of the first round in, for, in forever. Well, I mean, the one year it worked was 2019 when they absolutely hung it on the Braves in game five. But, yeah. It, yeah. like, But beyond that? I like there was a, I saw this thing on Twitter. It was like the last time each team won a playoff game. The Cardinals, which for St. Louis, last time we won a playoff game was 2020. We beat, we won one of three against the Padres in the COVID stuff. The last time for the White Sox uh, was 2020, I believe it said, and the last time for the Cubs was 2017. Okay. Maybe it was 2021 for the White Sox. Yeah, because I'm trying. Because they didn't get swept. They just kind of blur in there. They really do. Well, because of COVID too, like. Like That's the Cubs, I mean. the Cubs, well, and then the, you do these series too. Like the Cubs made it the playoffs in 2020, but they lost both games to the Marlins. So it doesn't count as, you know what I mean? Like, so they didn't technically get a win. And then you go to 2018 with the Cubs where they played the Brewers for a playing game to win the division, lost that. And then they played the Rockies in the wild card game and lost that. Yeah, yeah, remember well. But no, I'm just saying. So yeah, it kind of like mm. all. Then you know, 
Cardinals luckily won a game against the Padres because of well, COVID. Probably- like, because COVID had seven teams or eight teams, whatever it was in the playoffs that year, instead of your normal five at the time. Or- well, he finally put the torch to that, you know, that group and some of that. And, you know, it, I, it, it's funny, they still see people writing in some of the cup things, bitching about, you know, selling off the, you know, Baez and, uh, uh, you know, and Bryant and, and Schwerber and everybody else. You look at what they're doing this year and you look at where they've been. You can argue for Schwarber, especially with a DH. Although I, I think isn't he hitting like one fifty or one sixty this year? Real bad. Uh, yeah, I got him on my. Oh, plate. I think he's gotten hot relatively. I mean, it was it was a god awful number. I mean, the was, Phillies have gotten hot lately. They're like eight and two. Yeah, they're starting. He's batting one seventy four right now. So he probably was hitting one fifty. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was in the one sixties for. But if you sure. look at the contracts those guys turned down, you know which one of them would you want? You know, Rizzo, the only the only guy that's been even reasonable, and you know, the no shift years really helped him a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, but you you wouldn't want any of those. does have eighteen home runs though, still this year. I, I get that. <laughs> no, I'm just saying, like, yeah, so he is he yeah. is hitting. Yeah, he's hitting one seventy six, but eighteen home runs. Like, every hit is. A home run, pretty much for him. Well, how many home runs? How many home runs is uh, what's his name here for the Cubs? The third baseman they they found is not playing anymore. Wisdom. Yeah, he had at least fourteen. Yeah, yeah. And, and, uh, and he, and, but he's hitting one eighty something again, and you know if, if if you stand up there and you got that kind of power, you just swing for the walls. Eventually, you're gonna hit a few. He's but got like, 14 home runs wisdom. Yeah. He's batting, yeah, 198. 198. But, like, at the same time, like, you're the Cubs. You know what he is. Like, yeah. Like, this is what, like, what people in St. Louis have finally figured out with Paul DeYoung. As long as he's not in the middle of the lineup, he can hit 210, 215. If he's hitting a bomb a week and yeah, driving in three runs, him. whatever. And, like, And that's when he was playing. When everybody above him was hitting, it, you were able to hide it. But when the people above you stop hitting, oh, that's not good. Is well, it? yeah, but I'm just saying, like, to just throw it all out and be like, oh, now, now he can't play. Like, hmm. you know what he is. You, you know, it's like the Cardinals, the whole thing with Contreras. Oh, he can't. He, he's he's not catching well right now. We're gonna like, you know, he's not a great defense. Like, you know, you know what he is. Stop acting like this is a, a you know, you like watch, you watch them play firsthand for five or six. Years. Stop, stop acting like it's a surprise for Chicago. You've had Patrick Wisdom on your roster for four years now. Stop acting like it's a surprise that he can hit 25 home runs and bat one or five, you know, yeah. like. But we will move on uh, to our power rankings. Um, so just so everybody knows where everybody stands um, with this, the uh, – let me see here. So share. Oh, hold on. Let me close. I, I got to hide these all. So at number 10, we have the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Mm. 
At number nine, the Minnesota Twins. At number eight, the Arizona Diamondbacks. Number seven, the New York Yankees. Number six, the Baltimore Orioles. Five, Houston. Four, Dodgers. Three, Braves. Two, the Rangers. They were number one last week and one back to being the Tampa Bay Rays. Where'd you have the Orioles? Uh, They're six. Six. Okay. So are the Rays going to, are they going to like, is this for real? Like, are they just going to continue on wire to wire and just be the best team in baseball? They probably flame out in the playoffs because they get cold for a three game stretch. Yeah. Well, the only thing that's kind of what sucks. It may help them. Uh, One thing that may help them is that the rest of the division is so good. (laughs) They got to push. Because, I mean, there there obviously is an advantage to winning the division. And, uh, you know, you can't coast on in if you're up by 15 or 20 games and then all of a sudden decide to turn it on. So that, uh, in the long run, I I think is going to be helpful to them. What's the record within a division? Oh, because if, if their record is still that strong, it's so you know, if we get to play, you know, the uh, Cardinals, Pirates, Reds, and and Brewers, and if they're and they're, they're playing the Yankees and and uh, everybody, you know, on down through you know, through that division, so that it looks even better. Entering today, this is their breakdown, so they were. They're 31 and seven at home, 18 and 15 on the road. Uh, in interleague games, they're six, they're 14 and seven. Against AL West, they're seven and five. Against AL Central, they're 12 and one. It's the AL oh. East, they're 16 and nine against the, in, in their division. That's, that's pretty good. And they're playing Oakland again right now. And 12 and one against the Central. Yeah. Who was the one win? Oh, we we beat the game, but we're not that we're not in the AL Central. Matt, I mean, is it the White? No, it can't be the White Sox. I'm pretty <laughs> sure it's the White Sox. Yeah, pretty sure it's down there. No, up here. Maybe. Let me see. I'm like ninety percent sure the White Sox beat them one time. That sounds really bad to say, but <laughs> one time. You know, one time. You gotcha. <laughs> did a really good job. <laughs> You're the oh, one no. team that. No, nope, never be... mind. Never mind. They got. Oh, no. Yeah. They lost on my birthday, April, uh, Sunday, April 30th. 12 9 was the final. 12 9. Hmm. The, the one team that, that's been kind of. Uh, you know, not surprising, but maybe slightly surprising is the Cincinnati Reds. You know, with all these young guys that they're mm-hmm. up now, they, they might win the division now. They'll be streaky. They'll, 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 they'll be streaky. They have some great hitters yeah. in that team. But I do not understand. Like the, you know, it's like it's kind of it's. It'll be interesting to see. You know, a couple of years moving forward, what that team looks like because they've. Well, I, I suppose they, they, they had a rough. couple more coming. Yeah. yeah, I do not understand the hype of already handing Nelly De La Cruz, De La Cruz. The, the rookie of the year. Like, yeah. I don't, he's not going to pass Corbin Carroll. He's not going to pass Altman. Like, watch him play. Yeah, he's fast, but he had 
six strikeouts in the weekend series here in St. Louis. He had, mm-hmm. and his, he, his three hits were one was a high chopper. He beat out. Another one was a ground ball that went up the middle because of a shift. And the third one, the Reds actually deleted the picture, deleted the post saying nobody's faster than this man on a play to first that showed Wainwright beating him to first. Wainwright's foot was on the bag before him with the ball. <laughs> they deleted it, but the camera and the phones were out, so the Cardinals couldn't review it at that yeah, time. Yeah, I was going to ask why the – because I was watching. I was like, wait, wait, why, why didn't the yeah. Cardinals uh, review that? Because yeah. the phone didn't work and they ran out of time. <laughs> well, run on the field then, you know, or something. Help me out, Rick. Who was the outfielder for the Reds that came up – Oh, geez, maybe six, seven years ago. And, you know, he hit all those home runs in the first, in April and May. And they, I think he hit about 10 of them against the Cubs. Are crazy. Uh, no, it was it was like September. It was Pa, Paquati or Paquati. Uh, uh, but it's the radar. Let me see here. Cincinnati Reds. Uh... But he was going to be the next coming also. I, I remember that stuff. And. And for about six or eight weeks, he was. Well, so they had Jesse Winker on that team. Um, let me see, outfielders. Yeah, here it is. It's uh, Aquino. That's Ar- the guy. Arcidius Aquino. Yeah, he came up and he like hit like third deck and everything. It was like, like yeah, it was it was September, and he hit like, I think he hit like twelve home runs in the month of September that year. But it's, then he, every time up against the Cubs, he was hitting one like I got in a ballpark. So it was, yeah, 2019. He came up at in in August, and in August and September, he hit in 19 home runs. <laughs> 19 okay. home runs and, and only 205 at bats that year. It's frightening in his career. He's He's got to be. I don't know where he's at now because he's not doesn't show anything. He's he's played uh, two hundred forty four games, six hundred eighty six at bats, forty one home runs, but nineteen of them came that one year. And it was like I remember it was like powered on. He was almost leaving the the ballpark opposite field to yeah, the right field as a right handed bat. Yeah, everything was four hundred fifty feet. It was, you know... Yeah. Well, yeah, he had so he had forty-seven RBIs. He had sixty strikeouts and two hundred and five at bats. There you go. So, um, just so we're all on the same page, uh, the way the power rankings have our three teams listed, uh, the Cubs are twenty-four, the White Sox are twenty-three, and the Cardinals are twenty-five because the analytic numbers like the Cardinals batting and runs, but not because there's no way to quantify really clutch batting. Cause I can't find everybody's stats for that. I just can go off of what I see on TV for the Cardinals to know so, their risp stuff, but so it was 23, 24, 25. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. Pretty. Yeah. And actually you could probably just juggle those. Yeah. exactly. Well, that's the thing. Dave, Depending on the day, you know, I yeah. right now the car the Cardinals are below, but I don't know. Ask me in a week when if the Cubs get cold, the White Sox get cold, and the Cardinals string together five five out of 
seven or something like that because they do play the pitiful Mets coming up. So you know, that that take, five out of seven dogs going to take them. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, especially if you what? I mean, just like there is, there's all three of our teams are just hot garbage. <laughs> yeah. Like I, 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 I ask myself, thought maybe the Cardinals would be somewhere near the top. This is the first time in my lifetime that it's ever. It's just it's raw. It's and there's articles up here everywhere. What was the headline Saturday? Oh, I know the city of Chicago. Cardinals fans are losing and they're not doing it well. Yeah, why would we? Why would we? Yeah. I mean, Wainwright came out and said he goes. I've been here for 17 years. I've never had this. I don't know what to do. We don't know what to do. We don't go through this. And there's like not a win that you're just like, oh, we got this. You know, it's always kind of like, I thought it last night. And then granted there was a call third strike that was called a ball. And then Wade doubled the next pitch. And then. Yeah, that's the way it's going for the Cardinals. When you're going bad, that's what, that's exactly what what happened. happened. Now granted, I mean, to these players, like Arenado had some, Pretty uh, point blank blunt comments yesterday saying this isn't on Ollie, this is on us. We've been absolutely garbage. He didn't use garbage, but he said we're we're not producing, we're not living up to our bill. And then was there was an article today that came out that he made a comment saying he's thought the past two years Ali Marmol's done a pretty good job, and he doesn't think he's been handed the best uh, deal the past two years. AKA the front office needs to pick up some of these issues, which he's not wrong. I'm a proponent of, uh, you know, and it's, it's not right, but it's just the way these things go. I am a proponent. I mentioned last week of Marmol being fired just because I think you gotta, you gotta do something at this. Something's gotta, yeah. You know, two, two thirds, two thirds of the season has been uh, an utter disappointment. uh, And especially recently, it's really ugly. Um, you know, and so something's got to be done. On the other hand, um, yeah, I don't know. I'd be hard pressed to, uh, you know, it's not like I'm having conversations with my uh, brother and son, and we're not talking about it either, pointing toward uh, decisions that Marmol has made. It's like, oh my God, can you believe what he's done? Uh, Yesterday you know, he played it out perfect. He sent Hicks out there for two more, two innings. Hicks yeah. struck out four guys in his two innings. Went to Gallegos. Gallegos got the first two guys. Should have got third. Ball called the or strike called the ball, whatever. Mm-hmm. Then he hung a hung a slider that got hit the other way for a double. And then or sorry, sorry, it was a single and then fielder's indifference to get him to second, whatever. And then uh hung a slider with one two pitch that went four hundred and forty feet or whatever. He has yeah, that's not a managerial decision. You know, it's a, those games we talked about recently. Uh uh, where they had uh, the one game against Pirates, not to belabor it, but where they had bases loaded three innings mm-hmm. in a row, and and didn't come and away with an mess- yeah, it came away with nothing, you know. And it's not Up like five, they had, had bases loaded and two outs in all those situations. They had you know uh, less than two outs, and they yeah. just couldn't. And that that's a different game because I mean, they were up five nothing at that time. You know? Yeah. Exactly. And, um, you know, and there've been other situations where, uh, and that's been an issue all year where they, they just haven't gotten a clutch hit. I mean, I'm just talking a single hit. I'm not talking about yeah. uh, four well, or four. On the first game of the weekend against the Giants, like they brought on their closer. He 
walked Edmund. He hit Donovan with two mm-hmm. outs. Goldschmidt comes up, comes up and hits a ball 105 miles an hour. One hopper that catches the pitcher. One three put out game over. Like mm-hmm. they like Wilson Contreras is hitting under 200 right now, but he has never in his career hit balls at a harder rate than he is right now. His barrel rate and his average exit velocity are like close to double the amount of times for his barrel rate and like 10 miles per hour higher than two years ago when he had his best offensive year and he's hitting 200. Yeah. I mean, but at some point it's not just bad luck anymore. You know what I mean? Like, Right. Yeah. I mean, how can it be bad luck for so like it's long? it's bad luck, but at some point you just can't say, Oh, it's just bad luck. Yeah, now it's just, just like that good. I mean, well, it's not is, even just not that good. It's just like it just is what it is. Like, it yeah, it's bad it, yeah. luck, but you you know, like yeah. Marmel made the comment, he's like, We have to be perfect to win games right now. Any mistake we make mm-hmm. ends up costing us in a loss. Yeah. Comes back to haunt him. I mean, you know, and then conversely, there was the one year. Um, I mean, it's been a while. Oh, where those 2013 when is they it, were like, where, where, is where, that where, they, where, yeah, maybe? Yeah, I mean, where they were hitting like uh, 750 with runners in scoring position. Yeah. yeah, it was just and 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 you kept on saying, well, they can't maintain this again, and they kept on maintaining it. That was it and, was and yeah, whenever they Alan needed it. Hit, they got it and you know it's kind of the other extreme where everything goes your way you know it was yeah it was 2013 because alan craig hit like 820 with runners in scoring position that yeah it was something absurd and then and then he rolled his ankle in game four or five or whatever against boston in the world Mm. series it was never the same the next year they traded him after signing him to a big six-year contract they traded him and joe kelly to boston for john lackey and they got out of that contract and Alan Craig never played another game really in the majors. Not he, a meaningful game anyway. He or, like rolled his or ankle or something, yeah. and it was never the from same. A, from a rolled ankle? I mean, yeah. Yeah, yeah but you know what? Actually, uh, uh, Rick, I think that there was – I think it was a regular season game where he uh, – it was in uh, right field. Oh, it was. It was in Cincy. It wasn't in – yeah. Yeah, or is it uh, – whether we're, wherever it was, it was in right field because he – he tre- he he slid right. and he and he jammed his his foot and ankle into the uh, the wall. There was padding. It was Cincy, yeah. I do four or five now. inches yeah. uh, at the bottom where there wasn't padding. He uh, jammed it up against there, and then he was never the same after that. Yeah, but yeah, yeah. I mean, I don't know if like you asked me this this next going into next year if they have the same roster. I still say they have the best chance to win the division. Yeah, I mean, when you look at their talent, you know now, what I mean? Like, they, they do have to do something about the pitching. Yes, I mean, they, yeah. they, well, I'm they, saying, yeah, but, but yes. offensively uh, and even defensively, I mean, uh, uh, you know, I mean, they have the talent to, to do well, you know? Yeah. Well, you have, you also are lucky in the fact that Cincinnati's not going to spend money. Pittsburgh's not going to spend money. Right. Milwaukee's not going to spend money. Well, Milwaukee's going to cut. Gonna spend money as us. Milwaukee's going to cut money because they ain't signing Corbin Burns again. Yeah, He's not saying, not, you know, like. That's, that's what I'm saying. You know, if you want to make sure it's the same team, it, you know, it's different when you're in a division where your rivals are, you know, out and bringing in top players left and right. That's not going to happen. It, it's either going to come up homegrown for those three teams or they ain't doing it. Well, but Reds, I mean, was it a couple of years ago? The, was it two years ago or so? The Reds went out and 
spent a bunch of money, got Castellanos and a few other players, and it just didn't work, right? It, it was didn't work. Yeah. It's like spent all the money in, on paper. But well, and then the next year, yeah, the money. next year they sold. Well, so what it was was they went out and got Castellanos. Yeah. Castellanos opted out, and then they sold Jesse Winker. They sold Suarez. They sold, you know. Yeah. All those other guys. They got Mustakis. Yeah. Yeah, it was Mustakis. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's, you know, I don't know. Like I said, that's why you don't rebuild because the division itself doesn't, you don't need to quote. You don't rebuild. need to. You just, you just hope that. The, I mean, you need to if your minor league system is in, in, in the tank, though. Trust me, the Cardinals minor league system is not in the tank. They got the. No, but that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah like for the Cubs rebuild, not because they couldn't go out and get players. They go out and get players and end up with the results Cincinnati did. You know, that type of thing. We had to rebuild a minor league system that had been neglected way, way long. Once we went through that, you know, the, the initial group that came up for 16, there was nobody behind them. And that's crap. <laughs> that was ooh. Yeah. So the most the most recent uh uh, MLB top hundred has four Cardinals in the top one hundred, and that does, does not have Michael Liebertor because he's been up in the majors for so long. Jordan Walker's still somewhere on somehow. Are on you talking about prospects? One. Yeah, yeah. yeah their farm system Cubs is have three, I think. Oh, let's see. The Cub the Cubs have four, also now they have Armstrong, Horton, Alcantara, and Brown. Brown is 99. And then the the White Sox have two. Montgomery, a shortstop at 27. And uh, Colas. Wasn't he up? Colas, yeah. Uh, He was up, yeah. He he started, right? He was on opening day roster? Yeah. But yeah, so, you know, I don't know. We shall see. Um, But yeah, like Ellie, Ellie De La Cruz is still on this list too. Jordan Walker's still on the list, so those two will fall off, I would assume, at some point. But yeah, uh, I don't know. Anything else you guys got before we wrap this one up? No, we'll see whose percentage points on next week. <laughs> well, for the Cardinals, they get the Mets, so hopefully that'll be okay. Um, and then... Uh, after the Mets, I think they got Washington for the first time all year. So we got the Orioles coming. Yeah, so they, so the, the Cardinals leave from Washington to head over to London to take on the Cubs. I don't know. The last time they played the Cubs, they won the series and then they went on a little roll. So maybe it'll happen again. Maybe the Cubs are maybe that's the thing. The Cardinals need to play the Cubs more because otherwise they just can't get up for anything for some reason. Feels like emotionless throughout the year. <laughs> It really has. Like a lot of these games have felt very. Yeah. Yeah. I know you guys don't understand it. No, 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 no. This is feels like when you're losing. Like even even earlier in the year, like before we were like, it just there's just like even during the streak where we won whatever and we you know like we won, swept the Red Sox and all that. It was just kind of like. I think it's because you don't have as much bad blood because you're not seeing some of these teams as much. Yeah. No, they're, they're really, I mean, anymore, there's really no anticipation uh, leading into any of these series. There's no anticipation leading into the games. Yeah. 
There's no uh, the biggest I mean, buzz it's... was the Angels coming to town because of Shohei. Mm. Yeah, like think because we're playing in London, the Cubs, the Cubs only come to town one time now this year. Well, you lost the home games in that one. Yeah, we lost the two home games, and we lose we lose a home game next year because we're playing the Giants down in Mississippi at on Negro League field that Willie Mays used to play at for the new Field of Dreams field game or whatever. I don't know. Which whatever. I mean, I know Bill Bill DeWitt's pretty big in like helping try to grow the game. And he's, you know, he offered to give up the games for the Cubs for our home series because otherwise it wouldn't have happened. Because Ricketts said, No, I want the Cardinals gate. So they weren't gonna have the game. And Bill DeWitt said, Fine, we'll give up our games. But they've also put in saying, Hey, we'll go play over in Asia. We'll have a series over in Asia. We'll we'll give up home games for that, blah, blah. Because they draw three million fans anyway, so it doesn't yeah. really matter. And then now they have Nuclear, who's a sensation over in Japan. So probably only helps them a little bit there too. But yeah, I think it's just because there's not like you can't have bad blood with the Red Sox. The Red Sox are different. You can't have bad blood with teams that you see one time a year that you haven't seen. Like, yeah, it's yeah. great to see the Yankees come to St. Louis again and see the battle of the two MVPs and Judge and Goldschmidt, but like there's no bad blood there. There's no bad yeah. blood when you play, you know. Well, the bat- we're going to play the Orioles after Pittsburgh. We have to play Pittsburgh again. No, the Orioles come to Chicago. Do they come to Chicago? Yeah. Yeah. You guys are home and then you go like one trip to Pittsburgh. Yeah, yeah. And then you, you leave from Pit- wherever. Is it Pittsburgh or Philly that you leave from to go to London? Pittsburgh. Okay. But yeah, like. But again, yeah, like, the, the Orioles for me, like you talk about no bad blood. I think of the Orioles because of that following the American League as much as the National. I think of, the, of Jim Palmer and Earl Weaver. And yeah. yeah. Robinson, so, <laughs> they're either dead or they've been retired for 40 years. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, but that's what, like, it's just like, there's just not this. Very different. That's what, yeah. Very different. I, I don't, I, I like, I, I think I like seeing Trout and Otani. But I think I only like it because they came to St. Louis this year. Like for the Chicago, like you guys had to go there. I don't think it's the same. Like it wouldn't have, it wouldn't feel the same if we were in LA playing the Angels. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah you're playing show, but they're not in your ballpark. You don't get to actually yeah. go see them live. Like I'd much rather than play the Cubs for eight more games and the Reds for eight more games, just because yeah. like there's history with it. Yeah, the Cardinals have history with the Giants and Dodgers, but. Nobody else in the West. Nobody else, you know. Texas, they played one World Series. Couldn't care mm-hmm. less about them. Houston couldn't care less about them. You know, like Seattle, nah. Oakland, woohoo. Like, you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Like it's just pandering to the people that complain about, oh, well, they get to play the Pirates. Yeah, well, you got to play the Nationals for how long for how many years in the East? You get to play the Orioles for how long for how many years in the East when they sucked. The Rays for how long? For however many years they suck. You know, like teams go through cycles. But all right, Cubs just won that one, so they wrapped that up. So yeah, we have uh, two teams over five hundred, and both are a game over five hundred in both central divisions. Riveting oh. baseball happening in the Midwest. Quality, quality riveting. baseball. Riveting, <laughs> riveting, real riveting. So, all right, guys, we'll wrap this one up. Have a good one. See you next week. Right. See you next week.
Thank you for listening to the Sports Divided Podcast. Don't forget to like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter and Instagram with the handle at Sports Divided. And we'll see you next week.